My name is James Rowlands, and I am a lifelong wrestling fan. In 2015, I started a podcast with my friend, Dan White, reviewing the WWE Network and seeing if it's worth the $9.99 a month. It was. And since then, every month, we watch the latest WWE pay-per-views, NXT, and now 205 Live. Still continuing our journey through the network, watching ECW, WCW, and all its classic content. Until we've watched it all, we are with you, and we are the WNR. Yes, hello, I am James Rowlands, and as always, I'm joined by... Dan White. And it is episode 122 today, and it is the WWE versus WCW Monday Night Wars. Um, before we get started, though, just, uh, we're just going to do this quickly. We're going to be following the Attitude Era now for the next... Uh, well, until the Attitude Era ends, basically. And like a bit with DX, with NWO, and other people like this, uh, we're going to be talking about it. And of course, anybody that doesn't know about the Attitude Era... Should know that it happened um, late night. Well, it was the end of '97, middle of '97 to 2001. They usually say the end of the Attitude Era was WrestleMania 17. But we got some notable moments, Dan. Yes, February the 24th, 1997. ECW invades Monday Night Raw, which is what we have covered in the February edition of the Monday Night Wars. March 10th, 1997, Monday Night Raw officially became Raw is War. The show introduced the Titans and the Raw is War banners over the ring. September the 22nd, 1997. During this episode of Raw, Vince McMahon receives his first ever Stone Cold Stunner from Stone Cold Steve Austin. Okay, and we're going to leave it there because the episode we're watching today is the September 22nd edition of Monday Nitro and Monday Night Raw. We're going to have Monday Night Wars. We're going to have... We're going to make decisions which one's the best. Uh, we're going to look at the, what matches are best, which ones are the, the promos, basically, the look of the show, and, of course, the overall rating as well we'll be keeping an eye on. So we start off WCW Monday Nitro. We're going to watch Nitro first and then watch Monday Night Raw after. That's fair, isn't it, Dan? Yes. So we do start off with Monday Nitro, uh, September 22nd, 1997. Now, we spoke last month in August, a lead-up to this, basically, wasn't it? You know, we had left everything, the results for the pay-per-views and the raw results leading into this. Uh, and the current WCW champions were, at this point in time, Dan? Uh, WCW world champion was Hollywood Hulk Hogan, 9th of August, 1997. The WCW US champion was Kurt Hennig, and he'd held it from uh, 15th of September, 1997. The WCW tag team champions were the Outsiders, and they'd held it from 27th of October. Day before my birthday. Uh, that was 1996, sorry. Uh, 1996, sorry, yeah. Uh, the WCW World Television Champion was Alex Wright. And he'd held it from the 21st of October. Uh, no, 21st of August, 1997. And the Cruiserweight Champion was Latino He Eddie Guerrero who got the title on the 14th of September, 1997. Well, we're going to look at, like I said, we're going to look at the, the roster as well. And at the moment, that is a pretty strong lineup for champions, isn't it, Dan? You know? Yeah, aside from Alex Wright. Yeah, I mean, then, then again, we might be a kid. But uh, immediately starting the show, Kimberly calls, Kimberly calls out the Nitro Girls by name as they hurry down from the crowd to dance in front of the ramp. Hour number one. And your hosts are Tony Schiavone, 
Larry Zabisco and Mike Tanay. Well, the interim WWE Commissioner Roddy Piper will make a big announcement tonight. Eric Bischoff comes over to the announce table. Larry Z tells Tony Schiavone to stay put. Bischoff orders Larry Z not to stick his nose in other people's business. If he ever gets involved in a match again, he will pay a dear price. When Zabisco replies to what Eric is saying, Bischoff begins to get angry. Who is he? Vincent Mann now? Tony Schiavone stands up to leave, but Larry tries to stop him. Now that Bischoff has said his piece, he heads to the back. Now this is awesome. Larry Zabisco sends us over to some old footage from the Great American Bashniks where Scott Hall and Kevin Nash gave Bischoff a powerbomb off the stage through a table. Zabisco reminds us what a gutless dweeb Bischoff is. He was scared and he didn't have the guts to fight the now and he was the first to run behind the curtails of Hall and Nash. Well, Larry continues to ask Bischoff if he really thinks that once he has no power left in WSW, that the NWO won't toss him aside. It's just a great promo from Larry here. I don't like him, but he then chastised Tony Schiavone for his behaviour last week and tells him to be a man. When the space shuttle blew up in 1986, Dan Rather stood his ground and reported. When Kennedy was shot, Walter Cronkite, with tears in his eye, broadcast it to the world. Tony's response is... Yeah, well, Walter Cronkite never called a cage match either. What the fuck? But we move on to our first match. Rey Mysterio versus Silver King. So, quite an entertaining way to start seeing Rey Mysterio start a Nitro, Dan. Yes, uh, who's that jumping out the sky? Well, I think it's R-E-Y Mysterio. Silver King, Dan. It's like a Shawn Michaels (laughs) rip-off. He's coming out here. Look, any guy that comes to the ring with chaps and a cowboy hat has my respect to I. I think Silver King is going to do well. I don't know about this young man, like Rey Mysterio. I'm not sure. We've seen him coming out here with the fireworks. He's too small to ever be a world champion. I think he is. I think he is. Well, at the time, they're trying to rebuild Rey with weekly TV matches and get him to connect with fans by giving out a mask to the way Ala Bret Hart did with the shades, you see? So they're trying to build up Rey Mysterio at this point in time. But it's good to see him. And yeah, like you say, considering the success he would have in WWE, what, nine years later. But, you know, it's incredible to think of his his journey. But going against Silver King. A very untattooed Rey Mysterio as well. Very small Rey Mysterio. Look at the face on that kid. I'll uh, punch him before I give him that fucking mask. Look how happy the kid is to get the mask. Miserable little punt. <laughs> lovely way to start. And oh, look at Silver King nipping up already, showing what he can do. Rey Mysterio's in there. Referee Mark Curtis. Silver King starts off. He's got the arm of Mysterio. Oh, but Mysterio flips his way over and a lovely head scissors takedown. And a deep arm drag there as well. Drop toe hold now going to the uh, front face lock. And now Silver King there with the advantage. Got a headlock. Rey Mysterio tries throwing him off, but he gets such a bigger man. A bit of leapfrogging going on. Oh. oh, and Rey Mysterio deposits uh, Silver King to the outside. Well, the fans seem to be cheering, so maybe they've seen something that we can't at the moment, like I say, Rey Mysterio in control. Is it the referee's beautiful mullet? <laughs> well, saying that, though, oh, hang on a minute, Silver King drops him on his head. Oh, looks to nip over the top rope and drop an elbow. Mysterio moves up. What about him? Well, that was Raven coming through the crowd as Mysterio... Hit the, uh, the moonsault there, but Silver King got the shoulder up. And Raven's coming out here. Silver King. Oh, that was nice. And yeah, nice a springboard off the second rope there and delivers uh, a heel to Rey Mysterio. Oh. oh. Silver King comes charging in, though, but 
Mysterio dodges. And now Mysterio's on the top rope. Oh! <laughs> a rear Hurricanrana. Oh! Drops Silver King to the mat, but Mysterio only gets a two. Two! And <clears throat> you don't see moves like that anymore. That was nah. impressive. Base first, but Silver King recovers. Oh! Gets caught. And the oh. Hurricanrana, but turns it into a pin. Can he get Mysterio down? No! Still up at two. Eddie Guerrero looks off his fucking bonce. Well, Eddie Guerrero's come to ringside. He's feuding with Rey Mysterio at the moment. And now it wasn't enough distractions. Rey Mysterio's got Silver King. Oh, oh, rolls him up for a near fall there. And Mysterio noticing Eddie Guerrero. Is that going to distract him? Yeah, it is. Look at Eddie, cruiserweight champion at this moment in time. Oh! Super kick there from Silver King. Drops the elbow to Rey Mysterio. He's looking to put Rey Mysterio away. Spikes. Slams Mysterio. Yeah, spikes on his head off the top. Goes for a moonsault. Mysterio dodges. And now Mysterio on the apron. Bring Borden in. Oh! Hurricane Rana drops Silver King on his head and gets the free count. Oh, there we go. Mysterio impressing early on. He must have hit about 20 fucking <laughs> Hurricane Ranas. Eddie Guerrero after the apron. Cruiserweight title in hand. We saw Raven in the crowd as well. What a, what a crazy start. It was indeed, but Eddie Guerrero looks really gaunt. Oh! And Mysterio flips over the referee who was telling Eddie to get out of here and takes out Guerrero. And he's looking at that Cruiserweight Championship as well. Well, I should say, Dan, we're releasing this the week of September 22nd, so people can listen to this on the exact date. That will be 20 years ago. And about the Mysterio-Eddie Guerrero thing... They would go on to Halloween Havoc to have what is considered many Ole, what is considered by many as the best match between these two men, like five star match. We'll be watching it for our Halloween special, Halloween Havoc nineteen ninety seven. We'll be watching entire pay per view. So this is nice build up here. Uh, what did you think of the first match? I thought it was just a load of Hurricane Runners, to be honest. <laughs> uh, and that's not rhyming slang for bananas either. No, a lot of lucha libre style we saw. Uh, but I don't think it's a bad start. It's saying maybe we compare it on Raw to see if we get those type of matches. What we've seen in 1997 was WCW were the only place that had these cruiserweights, aren't they? You know yeah, what I mean? And, yeah. and that kind of talent, we've seen Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio. But we're already on our next match. And who's coming out there? Humorous. Humorous. Bill DeMott, of course, former coach of uh, NXT, no longer doing that. And, oh, look who's in the ring, Dan. Who, who's he? William Goldberg. William Goldberg, and um, never seen never seen this man before, just stoic in the middle of the ring. And neither Tony Schiavone, Larry Zabisco, or even Mike Tanay know anything about Goldberg. This is Goldberg. This is his debut in WCW, September 22nd, 1997. Let's see how he does against Hugh Morris, eh? <laughs> oh, it's no laughing matter, James. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Here we go. So this is a new guy. Just come on the scenes. Second match on Monday Nitro. Fans not really interested. There's a couple of big elbows to Hugh Morris in the corner. Oh, the strap. <laughs> a strap comes down. Well, Morris means business. Or well, he uh, sort of means half, a bit of business. Uh, yeah. Business is open, but he will be going out for lunch. And now Goldberg. He looks quite skinny. I don't know if skinny's the right word, but do you know what I mean? Not as, yeah. as jacked. More wiry. And he's got the hammer lock in on Hugh Morris. Oh, Morris reverses it, though. And another reversal there for Goldberg. Oh, kind of uh, 
botches it slightly, drops the arm, but regains it. Oh, my word. Takes him down. He's going for a leg bar. He's got it in, and Hugh Morris struggling to get to the rope. Oh, he does. Makes it there, though. But this style we've seen, the punches and the submission hole, very MMA-based by this young Bill Goldberg. Who we know nothing about. No, I don't, I don't know anything about him. And he Irish whips Hugh Morris. But Morris jumps on the second rope, takes out Goldberg. He doesn't want to stay down, though. <laughs> and now what's Hugh Morris going for? Is he going for the no laughing matter? Oh! Or as we know, a moonsault. Hits it. Oh! Goldberg kicks out. Ah, but Hugh Morris, that's his finishing. No one kicks out of that. Goldberg's already back to his feet. Irish rip to the corner. Oh. Runs into Hugh Morris' elbow, but Goldberg gets straight up. <laughs> does a standing backflip. Oh. Delivers a power slam. And that is a big man going up there. And Goldberg again picking him up. Oh, another big slam from Bill Goldberg. Well, showing his strength. He's not finished with Hugh yet. Jackhammer. Two, three. Bill Goldberg's first jackhammer on WCW. In WCW. In WCW. Jackhammer gets the pin. That's number one, he says. Oh, no, what? What's he mean by that, Dan? Oh, no, no. Uh, no, but seriously, though, Bill Goldberg's debut. What do you think, Dan? Um, he looks like a monster. You know, completely no-selling. Anything that Hugh Morris has to deliver. I know Hugh's not the biggest of challengers, but for a debut match, I don't think it could have made Goldberg look any stronger. No, and I think this is the thing as well. You've got to look at it in two parts. Hang on a minute. As Mean Gene's getting the word with Goldberg. And Goldberg didn't answer Mean Gene's question and walks away. Uh, yeah, I think you're looking at it in two parts. Back in the day, 1997, during the Monday Night Wars, you, squash matches weren't a thing, you know? And Goldberg, a new guy coming in here, for the first match, people were probably thinking, well, that's a bit different, you know, as you can see what happens week in, week out. As a historical moment, it's huge, isn't it? Because Goldberg, the effect he would have on wrestling... Oh, most even up until this date. Yeah, uh, you know, so... Uh, and this is what is really important. You know, the first moment in, uh, in Goldberg's career. And believe you me, it won't be the last. We'll be following Bill Goldberg as we uh, carry on. So we've uh, we've seen DX take the piss out of the nation, and now we see NWO taking the piss out of the Four Horsemen. Yeah, but this was first. <laughs> In actual fact, yeah, DX saw this, used it for themselves. So now the New Order has taken the Four Horsemen parody and added their own twist to their own segment. So it's been paid for by the NWO, they added the twist to it. It shows that the NWO are the kings of Monday nights, you know what I mean? And WCW as well. They rule the world. So we've just seen the advert for the NWO mocking the Four Horsemen. But we're going to explain more about this story because it was very important in 1997, especially in uh, WCW. So that, is, that we see, this is a week before the parody. Nitro 102, the 25th of August, 1997. Uh, so we've just seen episodes 102 of Nitro, and um, a beautiful moment there with the four horsemen. Mean Gene Oakland calling them out down to the ring. And uh, seeing what Kurt Henning's announcement would be if he would join the horsemen or not after two months. But then Arn Anderson came out, didn't he, Dan? He did, yes. <clears throat> it, was a, it was a touching moment, really, wasn't it? 
Yeah, you know, he's uh, he's been a bit injured and he uh, he said, look, thank you to everyone who's bought a ticket to see me, if you've liked me or hated me. You know, it's, it's, he's he's done his job, isn't he, really, as the enforcer? Yeah, exactly. You know, you can see how uh, emotional he was. And like I said, he was struggling with a bad neck injury and realised it was never going to get better. His crew was over and in one of the most emotional Nitro moments ever, Double A came to the ring with a four horseman announced his retirement. The following week, we see right at the start of the episode, we're getting a video package celebrating uh, Arn Anderson's career uh, and everything he did in sports. And like we say, if we look back on it uh, and everything he was, you know, Four Horsemen, the Minnesota Wrecking Crew, and of course, you know, just having that influence in the locker room now in WWE, you know, it's, uh, it's a great thing to see. But September the 1st, 1997, Dan, what happened? Buff Bagwell was Kurt Hennig, Conan, Conan was Steve McMichael. They were both funny, but it was Kevin Nash, his uh, send-up of Arn Anderson that made this such a classic moment. Nash made fun of Anderson's gut, workout habits and win-loss record. We see Mean Gene there. Like I say, there's Ric Flair from last week. It's similar to Ric Flair. I will give X-Puck all the credit in the world. I have that, and I keep called Steve Mongol McConan there. I like the liver spots that he's got. <laughs> Just a second. I take exception to this, gentlemen. I know exactly who you are. To think for a minute that I'm going to sit out here and condone anything you're doing. We are paying tribute tonight to one of the all-time greats, Arn Anderson. I will not stay here and let you desecrate his good name and fantastic reputation. You got anything to say? Talk to yourself, pal. Yeah, whatever, Gene. Beat it. Woo! Kurt Henning! Come on out here, Danny! We need to settle something right now! Come on, Kurt Henning! This is, this is really... Come on! This is a disgrace. A disgrace to our sport. You know, why do we... Come on out here, baby! Why can't we just... Woo! I mean... You know, I'm not here screaming at the top of my lungs, and I don't even know why. Woo! Kurt! I don't mean to put you on the spot here, brother. Woo! Do we have to listen? But everybody's dying to know. It's been two months, and we gotta know. Are you in? Are you out? Woo! They're making a whole mockery. Well, I tell you, Rick, you have put me on the spot here a little bit. Woo! You know I got a dog named Spot. Woo! Just to sum it up, you put me on the spot. Woo! But as bad as I hate to say it, I can't give you or these people an answer tonight. Woo! You know, last week was was one of the greatest moments. You know something, Kurt Hennig? <laughs> and this has gone right. I knew that you were going to give us that answer. So, 
I took it upon myself to give all these people a big surprise. Right now, well, I'd like to introduce to you my best friend, the enforcer of the Four Horsemen, Arn Anderson. Woo! You know, and I can think of all the low D, the, the things that this group has done. Guys, this is the lowest form yet. This is, Woo! this is this is not. Come on, Double A. I know you're having a hard time getting down can, here. Come on. Can some producer, My best friend. Can some security member stop? Can, can anyone put a stop to this? Would anyone look at me? What am I talking about? I mean, get it. This is a total disgrace. Everybody make a little noise for the enforcer. Come on. Double A, Daddy, you're looking great. I know you were taking care of more important business for, for a second. I was taking care of horseman business. Before I go any further, let me let all the horsemen out here know one thing. Guys, the beer's on ice. All right, Daddy! Woo! You know something is pretty ironic that on Labor Day WCW would decide to honor me because anybody that's followed my career knows one thing y'all was wondering when I was gonna go into labor You know, I sat back there today and I watched that highlight tape of my career and I said to myself, you know, I'm a guy of average size, average speed, average quickness, average looks, average intelligence, average carpentry skills, But you know what? I parlayed that into a wrestling career that, if I may say so myself, was quite excellent. Well, the segment didn't go unnoticed by the men who inspired it. Uh, Ric Flair and Arnson were a rate following a parody. It may have done little for backstage relations, but the segment certainly had fans rolling. Nash's comics time, not, uh, Nash's comic timing isn't one of the finest things folks associate with him. One of the first things folks associate with him, but he showed off in showed that skill off in spades on the night. Yes, uh, well, as we mentioned, next pack came out as Ric Flair and was surprisingly good in the role. Buff Bagwell was Kurt Hennig, and a silent Conan played Mongo. And so gone. What made the segment so controversial and so memorable was Kevin Nash's impression of Arn. He came out stumbling, holding his four fingers in the air with a giant pillow under his shirt for a gut and holding a styrofoam cooler in his arm. Nash was really over the top in a comical way, but 
His repeat re- references to beer went a bit too far as Arne had struggled with alcoholism early in his life and had no idea this was going to go down. If the segment was to be aired at all, it certainly would have been handled a lot better. But in the end, the skit helped to perfectly highlight the rebellious attitude of the NWO and delivered a warning that nothing about the business was sacred. So you would say that the NWO were degenerates? Yeah, exactly, yeah. Well, this is probably one of the most famous segments ever on Nitro. And I actually think this was great as a heat builder to the pay-per-view and was entertained in many ways. And had it ended with a horseman breaking it up or with a horseman getting a revenge at War Games, I think this is a lot more. But this was pretty harsh personal stuff, Dan, isn't it, you know? Uh, yeah, you know, specifically in mocking Arn Anderson, this went from an angle that was supposed to be broken up by the horseman to one where they would not only interrupt would not only not interrupt the segment, but get destroyed at full brawl as well, and then have Flair disband the group while Hogan strutted around on Nitro with the sleeves cut off of Nature Boy's robe. And Flair felt like he was being buried because he was no longer in main events, despite feeling that the feud with Savage played a part in turning WCW business around. He also felt like he could work and talk circles around the NWO, and segments featuring Flair were usually drawn the highest quarter-hour rating of the night. Bischoff said in a locker room meeting around this time that only Hogan, Savage and Piper had ever drawn money for WCW. And he said this in front of Ric Flair. (laughs) Well, Flair saw Bischoff as intentionally ruin his career and legacy. But it's amazing that it basically, you can see the tensions backstage WCW. And this is like you said on episodes where it was dominated by NWO. Nash... Hogan, Savage could do what they want and Bischoff that and, and this what really irked Ric Flair and you can see the mocking I mean this segment has gone on for like 15-20 minutes you know what I mean and yeah. it is all just a burial horseman but this is what NWA were doing and like you said they were breaking ground you know they were the degenerates before DX you know they, they were the coolest thing in wrestling because they could do what they want and when they wanted and, and this is the impact the NWO had and it's kind of cool hill that's still around even these days, you know? Up next, Dan. Nitro Girls. <laughs> hey! So we see the Nitro Girls. Of course, Kimberly. Now, who's your favourite Nitro Girl? Pick oh, one out. Kimberly. Oh, there we go. Fair Far enough. left. Oh, Nitro Girls. See, it's a good moment, isn't it? Nitro Girls in the ring. See, Monday Night Raw had wrestling, and now we've got girls in the ring dancing. I mean, this is what it is, isn't it? It is indeed, yes. But to be fair, first two matches on Nitro... In 1997, to see Mysterio and Goldberg, it's not too bad, is it, you know? No. And let's hope the uh, competitors improve as we move forward on this show. Give you your video cassettes. You can send your tapes and show us Nitro Party videotapes. Should we send a couple of uh, tapes there, Dan? Should we show us having a Nitro Party? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, hi, I'm Dan. I'm James. And we're having a Nitro Party. We're having a pants party. Yeah. So we revisit Larry Zabisco's, not even a ref's, fast counted Scott Hall at full brawl. We gave all the uh, pay-per-view results last month as we move on to the next match. I'll tell you something, we are, well, how long are we in this show? 20 minutes in, this is a Larry Zabisco show at the moment, isn't it? You know, it's, it is indeed, yes. It, it's all about him being involved in every storyline <coughs> as we hear the music and I think that means... It's going to be disco time at the nitro party, Dan. It is indeed, yes. <laughs> it's, uh, disco fever. Disco Inferno taking on the WCW World Television Champion. Disco, disco 
it's a great entrance theme. I know we've talked about his entrance theme before, Dan. But it's one of those great things, isn't it? I mean, this gimmick today, I mean, a dancer as a wrestler would be fantastic, I think. Great gimmick. Bully! Disco Inferno! Woo! And who is his opponent? Well, Dan's really told me. I'm not going to fucking repeat myself. You're going to repeat yourself. It's Alex Wright. It's just Wonder Kid, Dan. Yeah, Alex Wright, the uh, world television champion, coming out here defending everything. No, look at the little dance moves. <laughs> yeah, look. Things are going to get funky up in here. I'm going to take the t-shirt off. Hang on a minute. <laughs> oh, you can leave your pants on now, James. <laughs> fucking hell. Uh, no, right. I am ready to party here. World Wrestling Fade, I think said, but they had to blank out the WWF, and that's Wonder Kid, and look at this guy. He's really enjoying himself. Well, apparently Salt Lake City really hates Alex Wright, so we're going to see how this match uh, goes on. We'll call the action. There's no point. Fucking hell, get booed. But I like Alex Wright. I like the look of him, Dan. What are you feeling at least to? Who do you like more? Uh, the ref. <laughs> I think the parodies are fucking idiots. What, you like Nick Patrick, the evil referee? I think this guy's a good wrestler, Dan. He's young. He's maturity. But it is a title match. The World Television Championship is on the line. Now, Dan, out of all the WWE World Titles or the Championships, what was your what was your least favourite? <laughs> um, the TV title. Yeah, the TV title. But it is on the line here because we are on TV. And Disco backing up the corner. Who are you going to go for in this match? Alex Wright. Why? Because he's probably Leto. You think he's less of a cunt than Disco Inferno? Yeah. Well, I think fair. Well, no, I disagree. I think Alex, Alex Wright. Look at his cocky attitude. He's not even for around these parts, Dan. Comes into their country trying to be world television champion. But he has been around WWF for a while. Oh, but gets caught with a slap there. Deep yeah. arm drag takedown. Oh, and a hip lock takedown there by Disco. And Alex Wright is to regain himself. A very, very clever champion he is. He is. He's been around a while. He came through as the Rookie of the Year for WCW in 1994. Maybe he doesn't want any of this. Look, Rey Mysterio, the kid. Rey Mysterio, Raven next to each other. Because <laughs> the child has got the Rey Mysterio <laughs> mask on. Thus, looking like... Miserable little chavy. Yeah, the miserable little one. And uh, let's sting. And then you got Raven. But back to the match and Alex Wright... Do- <laughs> That's so Raven. <laughs> oh, he's doing the right stuff in this match working on Disco his arm with the chops and the punches because the fans are enthralled in the action here and we're going to an advert but the action will continue goes on his knees there and punching away to the midsection of Alex Wright delivers an elbow and a couple of big right hands oh, Alex right hands nice Irish whip but Alex Wright puts up his right oh elbow catches him then Lovely spinning heel kick takes down the dancing idiot. Well, do you just don't like dance? You haven't got any rhythm, have you, Dan? Is that your problem? A black man once said to me, I'm the only white person he's ever seen with rhythm. So put that in your Did pipe they, and Did they say it. that? Yeah, we was doing a cable pull. <laughs> You're getting all the facts here on the WNR podcast. Look at this, Alex Wright. Yeah. Another yeah. dancing idiot, but yeah. he's just mocking disco. Yeah. No, that's his moves anyway. No, he's mocking the disco he's dancing. That's Wonder Kid, yeah. Oh, look, it's easy. He's not even breaking a sweat. He's going to put Disco Inferno down. Irish rip to Disco. Inferno sidesteps, and Alex Wright hits nothing but turnbuckles. Oh. Back suplex there. But Disco. 
Oh, right, gets word. straight back up and a lovely clothesline takes down Inferno. Goes for the cover. Referee, time. referee not in correct position. Oh, look at that, though. Alex Wright trying to get his foot on the second rope. Still didn't pay dividends because Disco got the shoulder up. Up. And now Alex Wright. Oh, snap suplex to Inferno. He's got Disco down, Dan. <laughs> oh, going up on the top rope and the fans are showing uh, Alex Wright <laughs> exactly what they think of him. Uh, they think he's number one. Oh. Oh, and that was half a coup de gras. <laughs> it was a coup. And now back to the dancing. We stop dancing and start fighting. Well, this is the thing. The championship's on the line, isn't it? Needs to keep his eye on the prize as Disco's recovering. Disco's crawling like a dog to the corner. Right, picks him up and delivers a devastating knife-edge chop. And they're chopping him again. Make that an Irish rip attempt. An Irish rip. Disco sidesteps. Right hits the top turnbuckle. Oh, but Right manages to deliver a right hand. Oh, but Disco's up and out working the midsection. Oh, both men double punching and Disco winning the duel. Alex Wright with a, <laughs> with a knee to the midsection and then grabs his hand to go walk the ropes. Oh, but Disco tick crutches Alex on top and now he's shaking the life <laughs> into his ghoulies. And the fans are loving it and Disco... Might be dancing his way to the television championship. I think that's Disco's biggest move, isn't it? Those right hands. But here we go. Irish whip. Oh, high back body drop. Oh, oh. Kick to the midsection. <clears throat> Swinging net break. for the... One, One two. two. Oh. oh, but right managing to kick out. Uh-huh. But Disco seems to have the momentum now. He's got him. Slams him down. He looks to be going up. Are we watching this in slow-mo? <laughs> well, here comes Disco. Oh, my. oh, it's certainly slowed down, hasn't it, from the first match? <laughs> it has indeed, yes. Uh, and Alex Wright now picked up Disco. Oh, back suplex. Don't get me wrong. So, oh, Disco with the kick out. Ah. I do like Disco character, but he is an awful wrestler. Alex Wright, Irish whip. Reversed by Disco. Oh, a bit of leapfrog. Oh, when he's supposed to go over the top? Yeah, I think so. Oh! And one of James's favourite moves, a double cross body. Yeah. Disco lands on top of right and oh. gets the cover. The first time I've ever seen that finish in a pinfall. I was going to say, they <clears> didn't <throat> do it right anyway, did they? But still, Disco lands on top, gets the win. New television champion. The fans seem to enjoy it, but that was... Uh, uh, they were just doing basic moves in that match, weren't they? Like leapfrog, running the ropes. Awful match. Well, you consider Alex Wright's been in, you know, wrestling for about four years now. Disco should know better. It's like this was their first time they've ever shared a ring together. Oh, wait a minute. Here comes Jacqueline. Want to speak to Mean Jim? Well, I guess she wants to talk to Disco Inferno, Dan. She tells him that everyone knows why he was gone for six months. Disco tells her to call it. Jackie says she knows she can beat him. Disco blows her off since he just wants to party. Jackie plainly tells us this ain't over and Gene calls this a man's world which is pretty awesome yeah I know you'd like that you sexist I mean Jacqueline could go with Disco Inferno I can't wait to see that you play the Four Horsemen Pally segment NWO style again so you know what I mean the first time wasn't enough they had to have it a second time didn't they here we go so next match Dan Next match is Scott Hall with six versus Hector Garza. Well, Tony mentions that Chris Benoit is out with a concussion after war games. 
that's always an eerie thing to hear now that we have so much hindsight. We get our first survey tonight. It seems like a mixed reaction. Hall then cuts a promo on Lex Luger and Larry Zabisco. He calls Larry Z a nothing happening ex-old school wrestler. Oh boy. Being the man that he is, Zabisco doesn't budge. Hall shouts that somebody should tell Terry Taylor that he doesn't want to wait for Halloween Havoc because he wants Lex Luger right now. Luger doesn't show. He calls out Zabisco and he stands up to Hall but doesn't get in the ring. Hall and Six give Larry a crotch chop and tells him to go sit down. Yeah, so WWE sends out Hector Garza. Hmm. Zabisco says he's not dumb enough to take on Hall and Six at the same time. He looks fucked up as well, doesn't he? Six, one, two, three. Sean Waltman looks... Well, he always looks fucked up, to be fair. Expat Six, Sean Waltman, one, two, three. He's the kid. Exactly. You've got so many names, so little time. So, Scott Hall wants Lex Luger, but he's getting Hector Garza. And uh, I think Garza... Oh, it's a tough opponent, Dan, isn't it, against Scott Hall? Oh, look at Scott Hall. Matador taking uh, the Mickey out of the Mexican heritage, the Spanish heritage. The bullfighting Hector Garza. Nice show. Disrespect Scott Hall flicking a toothpick. Midsection sending Hector Garza down with a big right hand. Now boots in the corner. Pushes the ref. Does he just rip his pocket off? Yeah. And messes up his hair. NWO can do what they want when they want. That's what they feel. (laughs) WW is their playground. Disrespect Scott Hall shows everybody. Irish whips Hector Garza. Garza goes for a caught by Hall. Who dumps him on the top rope. Oh, and a kick to the midsection. And now he's on the second rope. Oh, my God. A super fall away slam. And it is all over for Hector Garza. Scott Hall hasn't really had to break a sweat as he... Two sweet six. Uh. But he'd rather muck about with the referee, untuck his shirt and play with his dicky bow tie. Oh, my God. Slap around the face. Kick him behind. Hector Garza rolling him up. Oh, oh referee with a bit of a quick count. But Garza gets the victory. <laughs> Much to uh, Scott Hall's dismay. Oh, my God. Uh-oh. Maybe it was the worst thing for Hector Garza. Six has got Mark Curtis and Scott Hall's got Hector Garza out. And for the Razor's outsider's edge. Oh, my God. (laughs) And then a couple of crutch chops for him. And what about the referee? Well, Scott Hall's only really got himself to blame, but... Oh, no. Come on, someone help him. Oh, no. You can't raise his edge, a ref. Got Mark Curtis up in the outsider's edge. And he's saying to the camera, come on, Zabisco, come get your sub. And the outsider's edge there to the poor referee. Oh, my God. Piling up the bodies. But that doesn't count because X-Pac is not an official referee. No, and he pinned the referee and the referee's not an official wrestler. So, But what a show of power it was by Scott Hall there to do that to Hector Garza. And can you believe it, Dan? We're already on our second hour. But what do you think the last match? What do you think of the first hour? Um... Well, it's as you mentioned before, it's all been Larry Zabisco. <laughs> really. Um, you know, he's featured the majority of this. And uh, hour two, they're joined by Bobby the Brain Heenan on commentary. 
Yeah, it's always good to see Bobby the Brain Heenan, fantastic uh, commentator, one of my personal favourites. Yeah, he ain't bad, that's what he's saying. And he joins now, we'll get rid of Larry Zabisco, so we should focus more on the action in the ring. And this should be a good match up next, Dan. Yes, it's La Parker, Psychosis and Los Villanos with Sonny Ono versus Ultimo Dragon, Juventud Guerrera, Cyclop and Liz Mark Jr. And speaking... Sonny Ono. Yeah, Sonny Ono. And we've seen a lot of La Parker recently as well, haven't we? <laughs> we have indeed, yes. <laughs> and La Parker, like we said, joined by Psychosis. So we see, yeah, Los Villanos coming out here. La Parker, we've seen a lot of, and of course, Psychosis, and the other team, Dan. Yes, Ultimo Dragon, Juventud Guerrera, Cyclop, and Liz Mark Jr. Yeah, Liz Mark Jr. there. Cyclop with a one big eye. Yeah. What's a better team? What team do you like more? Um, I prefer the faces, Ultimo, Juventud, Cyclop, and Liz Mark. Mm. I've got to go for La Parker Psychosis. I think they'll be quite good. And Sonny Ono in their corner. you got a backer. But like we say, Lucha rules here. That means every time they go out of the ring, it's considered a tag. We'll see as we go along. We've seen a great six-man between the two teams. Uh, between these, not these guys, but some of these guys, didn't we, on the last edition of WWE vs. WCW. Probably yes. the best match that we watched, wasn't it? I would have thought so, yeah. But we start off with Ultimo Dragon. We've seen Ultimo Dragon, haven't we? We have seen him in live, live. And sitting born as he all. Psychosis goes to flip him up, lands on his feet. I was into the dragon. Spinning a heel kick. I think it was the first event we ever saw, wasn't it? I believe so. And now Irish whip to Psychosis. <laughs> oh, but Psychosis with a big right hand taking down Ultimo. Pleasing their manager, Sonny Ono. Irish whip to Ultimo Dragon. Oh. Oh, and a Jack Gallagher headstand there in the corner. <laughs> Dragon kicks Psychosis away. Tries to tilt well, but Psychosis lands on his feet. Oh, oh throws him, but he just belly starts straight out of the ring. And that means now someone else can come in. So the Parker drop kicks his way into Ultimo Dragon, which means... Oh, my Dragon goes out, but Juventud comes in. And Juventud here. Look at, oh, look at this. Beautiful spin around the Parker. Finally catches him with a heel kick, sends him out of the ring, which means... One of the Los Villanos is coming in, or UV's going for a flying lesson. Oh, looked like UV was going to go out, but Los Villanos stops him. Oh, now Cyclops in. And so this is the kind of crazy action we love here, versus the Irish whip. Leapfrog. Oh, no, takes some backflips out of it. Oh. Dodges a clothesline attempt, delivers a super kick, sends one member of... <laughs> Los Villanos out. The oh. other member comes in. And he hits the power slam. And now he's going to run towards Cyclops. Sends him out. Which means... Oh. God. Lismark Jr. Lismark Jr. Yeah. Gets caught with a chop low. Now back over the top. Oh, spotty. Ultimo's oh. come in. I don't know what he's doing in the ring. But he's made his entrance anyway. <laughs> Backdrops Los Villanos. Lismark Jr. Hurricane runner. Goes Trying for the get... pin attempt. But... Oh no, oh my god, now it's broken down. Every oh, man is broken loose. <laughs> Every man is in now. Look, I can't even take control. And now Psycho, it looks like the Hill team got a bit of control because Liz Mark Jr. is there. Three on one at four on one at the moment. Oh, two men going for an Irish whip. <laughs> oh, look at that though. Well, they're getting pulled out of the ring <laughs> by uh, Juventud and uh, Cyclops. Cyclop. And now, oh, Lismark Jr. handspring dives to the outside. I lost the Arnos, which 
Should I open up the space for the other one? Oh, <laughs> he comes out and takes out Liz Mark Jr. So it's like Dave Sadiola's like, what's happened to my team? Uh-oh. Cyclops comes oh, flying over. Fuck. Fucking hell, his legs hit the barricade and his head hit the concrete floor. I think he hit the fan. I think he hit the fan there. Oh. oh hang on a minute, hang on a minute. Fucking hell. We're going to st- stop quickly, because I swear he hit the fan in the head. You don't usually stop pausing with Ryan, but this is the start of the well, fucking... Liz Mark goes out. Yeah. One of Los Villanos follows him. Right, this is the suicide dive through, isn't it? Yeah. It's the next right, one. Yeah, look at the guy with a hat. The purple hat. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> he did, didn't he? His heel just catches his head, I think. Oh, my God. He seems God. all right, though. No, he's holding it. He looks a bit of pain. That was hard down in La <laughs> And the Parker pushes the barricade into him when his head was down. No, he is actually in a bit of visible bit of pain. He is? Oh. And now UV comes out, takes out La Parker. Corkscrew dive there. Psychosis and Ultimate Dragon in the ring. He's gone crazy outside. Ultimate Dragon got psychosis. Oh. This is a jock. It turns itself inside out. Ultimate Dragon now going to set him up to the top. Oh. Sonny Ono taking the legs of Ultimo Dragon out. And now every man fighting. Who's delivering a spinning heel kick to him? On the outside. Sonny Ono's got Ultimo Dragon out. Here comes Psychosis. Oh, oh but Ultimo Dragon moves out of the way. Psychosis out his own man. But meanwhile, in the ring, <laughs> La Parker has taken out Juventud Guerrera. Oh, Ultimo Dragon's got the Dragon Sleeper on Psychosis. And like I said, La Parker's on top. Juve's on top. Oh, oh Juve gets crushed. Juventu jumps off, lands on the apron. Now he's on the top right. Here comes Juve. Oh! Hurricane Rana off the second rope. Well, springboard Hurricane Rana by Juve to La Parker. And the bar, Juve's up on his shoulders again. Oh, spinning roll through. Goes for the cover. Oh! And that's the free count for the faces. Fucking hell. And breathe. <laughs> Now, that was a bit of crazy there, wasn't it? Bloody entertaining, though. Really, really good. I mean, people say it might be a mess, but uh, I thought it was really, really good. It's like a Michael Bay movie, isn't it? But shorter and with more Mexicans. <laughs> what did you think of the match? Always fight Lucha Libre style. Very entertaining, so... Yeah, no, it was a very... I, I really, really enjoyed it. All right, so up next, Dan. Up next... Mean Gene brings out the interim WCW commissioner, Roddy Piper. Gosh, I love his slow walk through the tunnel. That's owning the stage, brother. He makes a match between Lex Luger and Scott Hall at Halloween Havoc. Only this time, Larry Zabisco will be the special referee. He says WCW wants to ban cage matches because they are too barbaric. But that's exactly why Hollywood Hogan in a cage. You see, because Piper is not only WCW commissioner... But he is uh, still wrestling as well. And that's why he wants Hogan, like he said. He wants to face Hogan at Halloween Havoc. Piper hypes this as the one and only time he and Hogan will meet in a cage match. So this is the only one-on-one meeting between us two in a cage. (laughs) So we don't know how many times they can face each other. He then says he had more cage matches than um, Brian Young has had wives. Surprisingly, the Salt Lake City crowd pops. That's a reference that is 20 years out of date. <clears throat> Piper promises to slam Hogan's head into the door so many times 
he'll think he's in Grand Central Station. He will make Mike Tyson look like a vegetarian at Halloween Havoc. The New World Order might be if, but Roddy Piper is forever. Yeah, but it was nice seeing Roddy Piper, wasn't it? Aye, rest in peace, Roddy. Yeah, no, he does look well here, and uh, he will be facing Hogan, like you say, steel cage match at Halloween Havoc. Uh, up next, we have time for the 1-800-Collect Road Report with Lee Marshall. He's in Massachusetts to hype the people for next week's Nitro. He, oh. said, he said if Paul Revere were alive today, he'd warn the people that Lee Marshall is coming to town. <laughs> uh, up next, and this should be a good slobber knocker down. Yes, this is uh, Rick and Scott Steiner with Ted DiBiase going against the faces of fear. Ming and the Barbarian. Go on, give him a token death grip. That's it. That's the one. You really like these dudes, don't you? I like Ming's token death grip. That's how I want to die. By Ming token death grip. Well, Dan, you're lucky because your wish is my command. Ming, could you please come here now? <laughs> uh, but it's it's not been a bad show so far, Dan, has it? You know what I mean? That, it hasn't, no. That eight-man tag team picked things up a little bit after the disco right disaster, but... The Steiner brothers coming out of Ted DiBiase. Ted DiBiase was funding the NWO until they kicked him out for Eric Bischoff, and now he's gone with the Steiners. What do you think Rick and Scott look like here? Um, well, Rick looks like, you know, his old self, a dog-faced gremlin, and Scott looks like he's uh, taken a lot of steroids. Yeah, not only that, it looks like someone's created him wrong in great wrestling, giving him, like, ponytail hair. You know what I mean? The, the goatee. He certainly does look a lot different. He, he, uh, he has obviously gained weight. We cannot confirm or deny that he has or has not been taking illegal substances. Oh, I, I can confirm. Oh, you you can confirm. That's good. Yeah, he's he is Freakzilla. Yeah. But this should be a good one. Ming and Barbari versus Steiners. If you have to pick between the two teams, who would you go for, Dan? Who's your favourite? Faces of fear. It's all about Ming. Well, Ming is going to start with Scott Steiner. And uh, I don't think anybody's going to be selling this <laughs> in this match. Nah. But James, don't forget you got to holler if you hear him. And now, big Papa pump pushing back Ming. Ming so deadly. I like the Barbarian as well. It's credit where credit is due. He's not a Jew, but anyway, Steiner now trying to pull the arm off. Takes him down, of course, collegiate wrestler from Michigan. Yes. Good God. Sorry, I'm in the JR. Of course, don't forget we're watching Monday Night Raw in just a little while after Nitro ends. And all Scott Steiner now, knees to Ming. <laughs> oh, big shoulder bump there, but no man sells. Two Mack traps running into each other. The unstoppable force meeting the immovable object, JR. Oh, but my God, Dan. Steiner takes down Ming and now he's got him up. Double underhook. Oh. 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 Slam there. Barbarian comes in, gets taken out by Rick. The dog-faced Gremlin's only clothesline, but he looks like he's raring to go as Steiner's pose in the uh, face of the fear trying to... Get their bearings back at ringside. Well, he's channeling his inner Nicky Cross there and biting the bottom rope. Now Scott tags in Rick. Double team, no, just getting ready. Rick looks like he's enjoying himself, to be fair. Yeah, he's Look. taking a bit of speed before the match. <laughs> Is that, yeah. But the Barbarian just clubbing blows, reversing it. Try to go for the clothesline. Oh! Rick catches him when he goes for a flying crossbody, deposits him lovely to the mat. Clothesline takedown, goes for the cover. One... 
Oh, now just a one. That's how tough Barbarian is. And rolls on his back. Uh, rolls on his front. Stop trying to stop getting the pin. I oh. mean, if if you were in a bar and you fucking walked in or accidentally dropped your pint on the Steiners or the face of the fear, do you know what I mean? You just you wouldn't live. You wouldn't want like to meet them down a dark alley, Dan. Oh, you know? most definitely not. And as I say, that like Scott Steiner there with Barbarian. Mean gets a blind tag in. Oh. <laughs> Oh! Powers up Scott for a lovely powerbomb there with the assistance from uh, Ming. Oh, but Scott managed to kick out. Oh. Well, these four guys rely on power moves. There's no doubt about it. Scott Styles in the wrong part of town at the moment. And Barbarian now. Did Ming. Irishman bouncing Steiner's head off the top turnbuckle. He's just, <laughs> he's just choking him down. He is loosening that throat up for the Togan death grip. Well, you like loosening your throat, I know that much, as Steiner is getting choked. And the face of the fear in control of this match. He's got him up. Oh, backbreaker there. Keeping Steiner in their corner as well, in their part of town. And now Ming tags in the Barbarian. They've been working fantastically in this match. Steiner's one of the toughest teams in WCW. Oh, look at that. Double headbutt. Kind of reminds me of when the Steiners went up against the Head Shrinkers. <laughs> very similar. Very similar styles. Tough son of a gun. And they're getting worked on now, Scott. Double team by Face of the Fear. Goes for a double clothesline to try and take both boys down. But he runs right through a double clothesline attempt from the Faces of Fear. Bounces off the rope and takes both of them out. Or can Scott Steiner get the tag to Rick? Oh, he manages to get fingertips to him. Rick comes in on fire. <laughs> He's on fire, baby. Takes down with a clothesline. Takes down Ming. Takes down the Barbarian. Irish whip on him. Oh. Bit of a sidewalk slam there. Oh, now he's got Ming. Oh. Nearly drops him on his head, but that's a belly-to-belly overhead. We've got a bit of suplex city going on here. Yeah, oh, clotheslines Ming. Eliminates him from this match. And now it's time for the Steiners. They got him up. Rick's going to go for the bulldog. Oh. Oh. Gets pushed off the top right by Ming. And Scott lands on his head. Barbarian's weight coming down fully on him. And Rick manages to walk outside that kick. But it's got a little bit messy now. And oh. oh. He's got a Togan death grip on oh now. Oh my God. For oh. the pin. And oh my God. As Tony Schiavone just said. This must be the biggest win for Faces of Fear. But my God, Dan, what do you think of the match? Togan death grip, baby. Yeah. <laughs> but not bad whilst it lasted. It's a slobber knocker, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Hard-hitting affair. But the Faces of Fear showing how tough they are. But the Steiners are lucky. And it's weird to see a manager at ringside in Dibiossi who didn't get involved in the match. But as you said, Dan, all it took was a Tongan death grip to get the victory here. Well, next up... We've got Hollywood Hogan and Eric Bischoff coming down to the ring. All right, so next up, Hollywood Hogan and Eric Bischoff come down the ring. And we see Hogan, he's wearing Ric Flair's red robe given to him by Kurt Henning last week. He's cut the sleeves off for crying out loud. I believe Flair's still pissed about that because he never paid him for it. Where is Sting? Hogan thanks Henning for his latest trophy, the Flair robe. He's going to put it next to his Oscars. <laughs> he tells Roddy Piper to get a life. Bischoff wants Piper to stop pe- telling people what to do 
and trying to run roughshod over the organisation he built from out of the rubble into what it is today. Only with Hogan's help, of course. So Bischoff saying that he built an empire, which is partly true, thanks to Hogan, which is partly true as well, really, you know? It is indeed, yes. Hogan threatens Piper and says there's no way he's going to beat Hollywood. Right, so kind of weird segment there. It's kind of like NWO can just do what they want, you know, which is is fair enough, kind of brings a kind of level of uncertainty to the broadcast. And our next match, well, look who's coming out now, Dan, eh? Oh, yeah. It's the Macho Man. He's coming out here for action. Macho Man is, of course, part of the NWO. He's got Lisbeth. I think I saw Lisbeth's side earlier. Yes, he has got Miss Elizabeth. And this is a thing with the NWO as well, because they're still popular, aren't they? Like Mandy Savage, even though he's a bad guy, fans still love him. See, a, bit, a few empty seats over there, actually. As Macho Man's come out here. Oh, yeah. Well, he goes to get in the wrong side of the ring. Oh. Chatting up some bird. Oh, yeah. Maybe a Nitro winner. Will she be a winner tonight? Macho's here. And uh, interesting, you know, a superstar level of Randy Macho Man Savage. Just credit to him. We've seen a lot of Randy Savage recent times, haven't we? You know, We have, yeah. It's something that I wanted to do personally. And it's good to see him because he was a fantastic wrestler. And now he's getting, uh, getting Dave Penzer's face. So, of course, the Macho Man... A DDP feud that's been going on for the whole of 1997 will come to an end at Halloween Havoc when the two men face off. And it's a feud you've been focusing on, Dan. You're going to give us more detail on that next month, aren't you? So that'll be something to look forward to. But yeah, Savage, uh, he asks, what she thinks of DDP? And she said, DDP and everyone else in the back, they just walk in the macho man's shadow. Oh, as his way of welcoming Kurt, Ang- Kurt Angle. Kurt heading into the NWO. Savage allows Liz to walk down the aisle with him in tonight's main event. So, like we said, women are property back then. And Macho is making sure Liz comes out with Kurt Henning in our main event. Of course, he'll be fighting Jeff Jarrett for the United States title. <laughs> yes, and uh, we get he's going against future right to censor member. Stevie White Sox Richards. Who knew Stevie Richards ever faced Randy Savage? Eh? How many wrestlers can say that? Fair play to, like I say, Stevie Richards was an ECW. Matcha Man said, bring out the jobber, which, yeah, probably fair. He's wearing a bloody crop top for crying out loud. But Stevie Richards, one of those men that, you know, maybe people don't think wrestled in ECW when it was on top, you know. Went to WCW Nitro. I'm not saying he had any impact, don't get me wrong. But, you know, he was there. And, of course, in WWF, right to sense it wasn't too bad in the end, was it? You know, with the success. It was it just had. that fucking annoying music. Oh, yeah. No, it's horrible gimmick. But a big success. And Macho Man's gone to the outside to check on Liz. He might get confused and start cracking on Stevie. Oh, uh, you never know. So, who would have thought we would have seen the Macho Man versus Stevie Richards match? It's kind of a dream match in a way. Oh, well. Well, Raven looking on. Seems nonplussed. He's been sitting front row the whole of Nitro. Yeah, Savage points at him. But Stevie, uh, but Raven just sits there. Uh, non-movement. And now Macho's got focus on Stevie Richards. I mean, this would be a big upset. I know we saw Hector Garza beat Scott Hall earlier. But this would be the mother of all upsets. Oh. I'm going to go for the lock-up. And what a feud. What's, What's that, my love? love? What a feud it's been. 
between DDP and Macho Man Randy Savage. And like I said, coming to an end, Halloween Havoc, we've seen them fight uh, uh, Spring Stampede. Uh, and in a, what a war that was, or uncensored, whatever it was. <laughs> uncensored. Uncensored it was. Oh, a Macho there. Hanging Stevie up on the top rope and now choke. What was he doing? Choking him out. And they're trying to pull away its facial features and disrespect levels again. And well, they go, again, they're, you know, they're, they're bullying the referees. They're just doing what they want, when they want. And it seems like they're appearing in every other matchup as well. Oh, yeah, Macho Man now bringing out Stevie. Yeah, the NWO's fingerprints are all over this. Like I said, the first hour was Larry Zabisco. Second hour's all been about the NWO. Oh, my oh, word. Miss Elizabeth there choking out Stevie Richards. Well, she never did that back in the day. As in when she was you know, in the 80s. Obviously, the dark side's got hold of her. Macho throws Stevie to the outside. Right near Raven as well. Oh, yeah. And he points at Raven again. Bounces his head off the barricade. <laughs> Raven's standing up. The fans are liking this confrontation. The match is saying, you want some? Come get some. Elizabeth saying, look, just ignore it. Focus on Stevie Richards. And you've, got put, yeah, you've got to put Stevie out. He gets thrown in the ring. And the macho man going to pick him up. Oh, scoop slam. Is he going up top to deliver his patented elbow? And now macho off the top, taking his time. But I don't think it matters. Pointing at Raven, spitting at Steven. Oh, oh that big elbow. Doesn't go for... <laughs> oh, no, he just puts a foot on Richard's chest and pins him with very much ease. Well, but Raven now has jumped the barricade. And he's there facing Randy Savage. Is he going to get in the ring? Macho wants him some. Oh, he's going to have a face-off with Savage. Oh, pulling up his knee knee pads. Means business now, Raven. Referee saying, come on now. Come on, let's go, Raven. Take him out. Go on, Raven. Oh. <laughs> Savage pushes the referee out of the way. And Calls that... out Raven again. And Raven's going to take... Oh, no, he's checking on Stevie. You're right, Stephen. Let me help you up to your feet, yeah. love. Well, he's got Stevie up. Uh-oh. No. Oh! Drops him with that even flow DDT. Oh, my God. And Macho leaps out of here. And Raven drops Stevie. What's that about, Dan? I mean, what could that possibly mean? What's all that about? What's all that about? Would we see the start of Raven maybe... Start getting a flock of people. I, I don't know as we we move forward. And army, be all you can be. <laughs> what a weird advert. WWE Saturday night because we're not on the network yet. Let's hope. Fingers but, crossed. Yeah, but up next, up next we have a handicap match: Booker T with Jacqueline going against Conan and Scott Norton. With Vincent. Yeah, with Vincent and uh, see Conan. To explain Conan's presence, Buff Bagger will be wrestling in the Budokan Hall for New Japan the following evening. To explain Stevie Ray's absence, Booker T gets on the mic. So we're going to find out why Booker T's not here. Uh, of course, Bagwell, Norton teaming up and Conan now part of the NWO. And it is growing week by week, isn't it? The members of the NWO here. And probably not the best members. I mean, are you a fan of Conan? Uh, I'm a fan of Conan. Not a fan of Scott Norton, nor Vincent. No, nor Vincent. And they found the NWF4 life sign 
again. And uh, here with Nitro, but <coughs> but he'll be going against Booker. So the man who has kept exactly the same theme music for 20 years, <laughs> that commitment from Booker T. It is, it is. And uh, who would have thought when they came up with that, yeah, he would still be using it. And fair play, because it is still quite catchy as he comes out with Jacqueline. Can you dig it, sucker? As you said, that the fireworks went off in the arena as well. I don't know if you're connected to that. And Booker is here. And we're going to find out why Stevie Richards is not by his side. (laughs) So he's got the mic. Dan, what's he saying? Hogan, I'm coming for you, brother. Um, Well, you know, he tells us why Stevie Ray's not here. And he tells us that Stevie Ray tore his Achilles a few weeks back. Anyway, this turns into a handicap match. Right, so Stevie is injured. So Booker being the man he is and liking Harlem Heat so much, doesn't want to get someone else to take their place. Do you think that'll be a mistake, Dan? NWO, like the numbers advantage. Oh, and he says Jacqueline's more man than Vincent will ever be. Quite funny. <laughs> and he hands the mic over to Scott Norton. Oh, Scott Norton saying you are wrestling this match, sucker. So Scott Norton, uh, yeah, probably the, the 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 shittest of NWO members, alongside Vincent, who you know that would be an awful match. So Nick Patrick back referee in this one, and Booker going to face Conan and Norton. This is going to be difficult for Booker T. This young man, toughness though, might get him through. But Booker T, a former six-time heavyweight champion, is with short hair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and dodging that from Conan, and oh, dodging that from Norton. Delivers a lovely spin and heel kick, sends him crashing off the side of the apron. Well, I think for Book, he's got to finish this early if he's got any chance of winning as Conan picks him up. Oh, oh a high back body drop. <laughs> and Booker T spin is his way to his feet. <laughs> and a heel kick and Booker's doing it. The fans love it. This young talent coming through from WC. He's got Conan up. And Vincent, Vincent with a distraction there. Oh. oh, Irish rip by Conan and low bridge by Norton sends him crashing to the outside. Well, when it comes crashing down, it's all about the numbers, isn't it? And the same guy got injured earlier, who's up on his feet now, uh, just had Booker T near him. Norton slamming Booker on the apron. Jacqueline getting up on the apron now. <clears throat> so again, another match and another match involving the new... And the NWO reigns supreme as Conan tries to put down Booker, put down. Booker T, yeah. We've seen a lot of hype for Halloween Havoc as well, haven't we? You know, as we know, Piper Hogan in a cage. And, of course, DDP versus Randy Savage. As Booker dodges Conan strike. He's got him there with a dragon suplex. But Norton comes in before Booker can even get a one. One. Conan's back up to his feet. Irish rips Booker into the corner but runs into a big boat. Oh. Lovely spinning heel kick from Booker. Oh, Scott Norton making his way in for the interference. <laughs> Vincent up as well as distraction. Both men getting knocked down. Well, they're going to get back up again. And Booker's going Irish whip Conan. Conan reverses. And, oh, tries to slam him. Booker. Oh, can he get him? Rolls up Conan. But again, Norton in, taking down Booker T. Well, the referee needs to get control of this. And now Norton setting him up. Oh, no, not Spike Pile Driver. Oh, Booker T gets hit with the aforementioned spike pole driver. And Jacqueline Lovely apron has gone down because now this is a three-on-one beatdown. Oh, Booker T wins the match. Oh, referee calling for the bell saying this is enough. 
Enough's enough. But this is NWO beatdown. Is anybody going to come out and save him? Come on, Stevie Ray. Limp your way to the ring. <laughs> come on, Stevie Richards. Limp your way to the ring. Save him. Come on, Raven. No, no one makes a save. Uh, not even Jackie. And we go straight to commercial. And we're back down. Nitro girls. So it is main event time. It is main event time, Dan. And what match have we got? The US champion, Kurt Hennig, with Elizabeth in his corner. Gratefully lent to him by Macho Man Randy yeah. Savage because women are property. Yeah. And he is going against Jeff Jarrett with Deborah. Who himself has got his own woman in Deborah, who is his property. So he started off Steve McMichael. Steve. Steve McMichael. We're going to have this main event. Uh, before we get on to the main event, we see the making of entries and stuff. What have you thought Nitro show today, Dan? Well, they're quite focused on, you know, as we mentioned, the first half has all Larry Zabisco and the second half has all been NWO. I mean, even this match, the last three matches have been NWO. The main, most entertaining bit, again, was probably the uh, the Lucha Libre eight-man tag. Yeah, oh, like I said, we've seen a lot of the NWO in this one, uh, but then... Rey Mysterio started off the action, you know, with Silver King. We've seen Goldberg's debut. Uh, the Scott Hall Garza one threw up a little bit of an upset. The eight-man tag team match was good, like I said, one of the best ones. Steiners versus Face of the Fear, that weren't a bad match either. Uh, seeing Macho Man Randy Savage is always fun. Of course, Booker T just now, and now Jarrett versus Henning. I mean... If you look at the, the the star powers there, do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. There's a lot of future heavyweight champions there. Um, puppies! <laughs> easy, Dan. Easy. But if you look at it, it's all kind of three to five minute matches, weren't they? You know, not really They're any... all very short. And it's, you know, mainly focusing on the mic work and the other segments. You know, even the Raven bit as well. Yeah. Where he got involved and planted Stephen Richards with a DDT. But I think if you're doing a live program, I think this is quite good as live because you are then wondering what could happen next, you know, why you need to keep watching and, of course, promoting it. So what could happen as it goes on, you know, next week or something like this. So, yeah, I mean, it is uh, it is good for Nitro to have that kind of thread throughout the show building towards Halloween Havoc. As we see Kurt Henning... He turned his back on the four horsemen and he's all in NWO colours here, Dan. United States champion. Yeah, well, you know, the champion that last weekend was defended by AJ Styles against Kevin Owens at SummerSlam. So, he is on. It's still quite a valid championship to have. It is, and it's going to be, I think, on the line here tonight. And um, this has potential, but Jarrett is not over in Salt Lake City. And even though it's after the 10pm hour, there's still about 10 minutes left. So here we go, here we go. Kurt Henning, Jeff Jarrett. Jeff has been all over the place. You've seen him in your house in the, you know, 95 in WF events. We know him with Deborah and Puppies, of course, 99. WSW World Champion in 2000. Now he's on Nitro with his long hair gimmick against uh, Mr. Perfect. Of course, Jeff Jarrett associated with the Four Horsemen. So there should be a bit of revenge here. And Jeff catches him with the elbow. Kurt quickly makes his way to the outside, trying to regain some composure. And I think Liz had a word in his ear as well. As Jeff goes to the outside, and Deborah slows him down. Oh, <laughs> oh, and now it's Hennig on the attack, but Jarrett jumps off the apron, and now these two men lock lock up. 
And as Tony Schiavone says, we are going to stay on the air until this ends. So it's basically over that. You know, Raw and Nitro is finished. And Nitro maybe think you can get the advantage by having an extra 10, 15 minutes live, if you know what I mean. So people, even if they're tuning over, be like, oh, we've still got the main event here to watch. Hopefully this will be a good one to keep us enthralled Mm. in WCW. And the thing we forget, even 20 years ago, you know, uh, be able to record two things at once. And even at Sky, it wasn't possible. Even in America, you know, DVRs and stuff. It was tough. People had to make a choice. I mean, it was lucky that both shows were repeated, you know, so you, you had the chance. But then again, when it was live, you had to make a choice. And there was a lot of channel channel switching, and you've got to try and keep the action. I think that's why the matches were so short as well, because it'd be so for you now, it's like, okay, what's next now, you know? Yeah. As the early go in this match of Jeff and um, Mr. Per- Mr. Perfect, Kurt and Jeff, <laughs> Jaden wrestling holes and all, Jeff Jarrett there. Headlock takedown by Jarrett and a rapid fire punches to the head of Hennig. Oh, he is not happy. And now Liz, calm down. Give him some of your, uh, give him some of your stuff. <laughs> Bring him up a bit. <laughs> but do you think it's uh, mad to see his son is currently part of the Miztourage? You know, he's uh, he's building up that Hennig name. Yes, no, it, it, he does deserve more. I don't think the name, even like Curtis Axel, does work. You should have just gone Joe Henning and just try and, you know, try and do it Randy Orton style in a weird way. But the problem is Mr. Perfect, Bob Orton, completely different star Mr. Perfect was, you know. And so never... the biggest star, the dad, the smaller star, yeah. the son or daughter. Exactly. And the thing is with Kurt Henning as well, never winning the, the world title in WWE or WCW. Uh, and you think, how can a talent that good? And then someone like Curtis Axel comes along. You know, it, it is difficult to live up to that and to even try and get there. And it's also weird, and I don't want to be too, you know, um, dark here, but Jeff Jack, Deborah wearing white here, you know, matching quite well. Mr. Perfect in the the black and blue, Liz in the black. Uh, Mr. Perfect, Liz no longer with us as yeah. well. In a, in a weird way, 20 years on, we have lost both <laughs> of these uh, stars. And uh, nowadays, I'm not sure what Deborah's up to, but we all know what. Double J's up to. Yeah. He's got his own wrestling company because he couldn't make it in any other. Yes, he's basically been blacklisted by the WWF, you know, so uh, WWE. And in the match, Mr. Perfect took a moment on the outside, came back in and seized control, taking Jeff down and then using, uh, use, uh, wrapping his leg around the ring post. And now he's trying to intimidate Deborah, the queen of WCW. Well, Deborah doesn't want any of it, just making sure Jeff's all right. Mr. Perfect working on that leg, and he's picking up the chair. Referee's distracted. Oh, goes to hit the Jarrett with a chair, but Jarrett ducks, and uh, Kurt hits nothing but ring post. Jarrett lays the chair down on the deck and bounces Kurt <laughs> Hennig's hair off it. Right, and the referee's view as well. Jeff picks up Kurt Hennig. Oh, drops him on the barricade neck first. Jarrett, again, do you think he was uh, an underappreciated talent that WWE and WCW have had? It's a difficult one, isn't it? You know, because Jeff in WS mid-carder, you know, like high-level mid-carder, and Intercontinental Champion, you would think, I don't know about world champion. And then when it went to WCW, it was because of his uh, friendship maybe with Vince Russo, he got given a world title. So I, I think Jeff's a good talent. I don't think he is world championship material, if we're going to say that. So I think he was utilised, I think to the best abilities, for a guy to have so much airtime during the Attitude Era, during the Monday Night Wars as well, you yeah. know. Uh, Jeff is feeding, and now he's got Kurt. Oh! And returns the favour and crutches him round the ring post. 
And uh, Mr. Perfect certainly felt that. Well, guys, he's had little axles already because I don't think he'd be able to after this. And now, Jeff, is he going to target the area or move on? So, again, you know, it's it's not really portraying faces against heels because what are these two guys? Are these well, both heelish? This is the thing, isn't it? As Jeff hits a spinning net break. It's interesting because Kurt Henning, of course, turned on uh, Four Horsemen. Jeff Jack wasn't liked, but he is part of the Four Horsemen who were fan favourites, but they never really accepted Jeff as like a Four Horsemen member. So it was difficult for him. And like you said, the mannerisms and the way he is, very heelish. So WWE, uh, WCW at this time, the NWO were becoming the good guys because they didn't know how to book it correctly. Because they were so over. Exactly. Suppose, you, know, yeah. you, had, you had your pipers, you had your stings, but everybody else really wasn't on the NWO level. But can Jeff Jarrett, Jeff Jarrett, can Jeff Jarrett get there? No, he's got taken down by Kenning. Goes for the pin. Only gets a two count. Two. Well, this has not been a back and forth match. This is just... Uh, they've been doing moves to each other, but it's not having any really rhyme or reason to it, has it? You know? No, it's, it's, they've not really got much flow. As Jeff backs up to Turnbuckle and says no more. Delivers a kick to the midsection. Drops him with a spike DDT. But that's not a face move, like you say. Saying stop and then kicking him cheaply. Yeah. DDT on Henning, but can't take advantage, or can he? But then the way Hogan is, he's very heelish. The way NWO was when they went against Booker T, very heelish. But we've seen what Hogan's problem is in main events, where he goes and dominates all the action, you know? It's like that Luger match we saw last month. It's like, Luger hit one minute, it was just a bit of a, you know. But again, don't get me wrong, that's what made NWO so dominant, that they were winning all the matches. But after a while, you know, when you see it for like a year or two years, you think, oh, hang on a minute, after a while, you're going to... Well, when they've got members like, you know, Norton and Vincent and, you know, even extending it out to Conan, it's like, you know, it's... Yeah, I know, it's... It's it's getting a bit too much. Should have streamlined and heading in the ring, getting kicked around by Jeff Jarrett, just spinning on his head, getting on the top rope, and now Jeff's got him in a move that doesn't work. Yeah, uh, seesaws him into the turnbuckle and Jarrett's going to go and tie him up. With the figure four leg lock. Oh, and Liz up on the eight for distracting the referee. And old Macho Man's here. And he's got the US title. And he just slid it to Kurt Henning. Well, didn't he just hit him himself? <laughs> oh. Well, Macho, he's not going to do his own dirty work, is he? Yeah, kicks away the US championship. Liz has done her job. Deborah is helpless at ringside. Henning hardly able to stand after the uh, figure four leg lock attempt by Jarrett. Jeff's out. He's dead weight. I don't know why you even bothering trying to pick him up. Picks Jeff Jarrett up. A dead weight Jarrett. Henning Plex. Oh. Bridges out. One, two, three. There we go. Kurt <laughs> Henning wins. But Dan, what did you think of the match? I didn't think it was. It was all there actually. To be honest, not main event. Worthy at least, you know, anyway, it's, uh, it was, you know, it had no flow, had no rhyme or reason, didn't tell a story. It was, nah. Well, yes, yeah, a bit naff and Henning celebrates and look who's coming out here. It is, it looks like the entire NWO, Hogan coming out here, now changed. Hogan, Norton, Six, Conan, Savage, Vincent. And look at the celebrations by the NWO here. And Henning's the newest member. 
And now they've got Jeff Jarrett. Strength in numbers, eh? Oh, Macho's to the top rope. Oh, isn't it weird that uh, Vincent's getting more airtime than his former master, Ted DiBiase? <laughs> yeah, Ted DiBiase, just the manager of the stylist. Yeah, like you said, featuring one segment. And Vincent, the ever-present there, holding up Jeff for Hogan to just assault him. Is anybody going to come and help out Jeff Jarrett? Oh! We're here! <laughs> well, it's the giant. Well, the giant is here, and he is pissed. Well, he's pissed because he's found out that in a, in 20 years' time, he's going to have to work with Enzo. Yeah, he is. <laughs> <laughs> and he's come out here, and he's scared the NWO off as Nitro goes off the air. Uh, Dan, what are your thoughts on this edition of WSW Monday Nitro, um, you know, I suppose it was it was quite entertaining. You know, it's it's all about New World Order and their dominance of WCW. Um, you know, they need a kind of Survivor Series type get up and get all the non NWO members to kind of join forces and try and conquer the ever reigning New World Order. Really, yeah. So, uh, okay, we'll give a rating for the. Uh, so first off, the look and presentation. We'll, what we'll do, mark out of five. We'll do it for Nitro and we'll do it for Raw. So out of five, the look of the show. What do you give the look? I'll give it a three. Three. It yeah. looks, you know, it does look a bit cheap, but you know, it still it still didn't look too bad. Yeah, I'm gonna give it four out of five because I do like the Nitro look and the fireworks as well. I always enjoy good fireworks. So it's good to see. I think it's quite a nice presentation. Also, the announce table as well, far away from the ring, but the way it's set up, I think that was quite good. Uh, promos and the stuff that happened in between matches Dan what are you going to give that a 5 uh, I'm going to give that a 4 mainly for the Nitro Girls for 5 Nitro Girls uh, I'm going to give it a 3 because I, I like seeing Roddy Piper but I didn't enjoy the Hogan and uh, the Bischoff thing and uh, also the kind of other bits in between there was like a lull in the second hour do you know what I mean where we yeah. just wait for stuff to happen uh, the roster how, how good do you think the roster is um I'd give that a five. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, it, it had Goldberg's debut. It had an early Rey Mysterio, an early Eddie Guerrero. You know, and it adds a few of the earlier wrestlers, even the big show, you know. It's it's quite a new, uh, an early-ish big show, so, yeah. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I'll give it a five out of five as well. The roster there is chock-a-block. You know, like I say, Rey Mysterio, Goldberg, Scott Hall, uh, Steiners, Macho, Booker. And like I said, giant, the people that weren't on the card as well, that could have been. Uh, yeah, great. Uh, matches, what do you think matches out of five? Um, I think I'll give that a three. Three? Yeah, you know, there was a couple of entertaining matches, but, you know, with what it was, it was a lot of screwy finishes, a lot of NWO bullying their way to... And, you know, there was a funny surprise when uh, Scott Hall got rolled up by Hector Garza. Yeah, no, that was... Uh, and, that, uh, you know, the Rey Mysterio good. match, again, it was still, you know, it was a lot of Hurricane Ranas. Uh, the melee from the eight-man tag match as well. Yeah, no, I, I, I think it was good. Um, but some of the matches are good. We gave it, I gave that three out of five as well. And then the overall... Did we talk about the overall rating of the show? Did I just say that? Mm. Right, so the overall rating of the show. If you got five, what would you give the, the show we've just watched now? I'd give the show we just watched a three and a half. I think I've got to agree with you there as well, because like you say, 
didn't have a standout match, but I'd like to. I'll watch next week's night. If you said, "Do you want to watch next week's night?" I'd be like, "Yeah, all right, yeah." Do you know? Just what I mean? to like, see how the stories evolve. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. <clears throat> but I'd probably. I don't know. I've not seen the Raw yet, so yes. I wouldn't say if I'd watch live and what I'd watch replay. This is what we're going to decide, and we'll make the, the note of the numbers and stuff. And like you say, we do move on. But before that, we should say that the next WCW event is Halloween Havoc on October 26th. We'll be watching it on our Halloween episode. And uh, what are the, like I said, what are the matches announced so far there? Um, well, we've got the main event, which is a non-title cage match between Hollywood Hogan and Roddy Piper. Uh, DDP going against Randy Savage, looking to try and end that feud between the two. And uh, Lex Luger versus Scott Hall with special referee Larry Zabisco. So that'll be looked forward to, like I say, Halloween release flat. But we're not over yet. We are just getting started. We have got the September 22nd edition of Monday Night Raw. And we are at Madison Square Garden. So, Dan, it is the first Monday Night Raw in Madison Square Garden. What a night it is going to be tonight. And uh, the show opens and we see a clip reel, WF moments that occurred at Madison Square Garden. Now, what do you think of the video? Um, well, considering we saw Hogan, who is part of NWO, <laughs> we saw Macho Man with Miss Elizabeth, who are parts of NWO. Yeah. We saw Scott Hall. Um who is part of the Outsiders, part of NWO. Um, you know, so they're showing a lot of old talent. We saw Andre the Giant. We've got the Giant that we've uh, we finished off Monday Nitro with. It's kind of like, you know, they want to stop looking back at the past. I know a lot of stuff's happened in Madison Square Garden, but, you know, nowadays they wouldn't be showing clips of wrestlers that have jumped ship to TNA, would they? This is the thing. But I think what WF are trying to do as well, saying, like, look, we had these guys. That was in the past. We are now the future, and these guys are the future. And it would be, you know, you can argue back and forth because WF were as petty as WSW were. Let's not forget about this. It wasn't just WSW trying to put, like, WF out of business. They were just as bad. And they were building up to this show. You can hear... Uh, the fireworks going off and Vincent Mann shouting, you know, welcome everyone. <laughs> welcome everybody, it's he a is, Monday. <laughs> he is hyped up tonight. Well, here, MSG. And still empty seats there, aren't there? I just saw a couple. Oh, and the Nation of Domination thing. We talked about them last month. And it is all the newest member, Dan. Rocky Marvia, yes. Followed closely by Carmen Mustafa, Farouk. And uh, D'Lo Brown, and follow closely behind them, Sergeant S. Laughter. Yeah, so the commissioner is coming out here. Yeah, my man, apparently finished with his assignment from last week, is back at the announcer's table with good old JR and Jerry the King Lawler. And he wonders aloud if the singles competition that is to begin 
will really be a singles match. Oh, I suppose with the numbers. And, and Slaughter begins shouting at Farouk, saying he needs to get him to leave Lurina. Rocky sucks chance, rips through the crowd. Rocky, Rocky does not seem amused. Slaughter orders the rest of the nation to leave. And, and they, they comply. Yeah, they complying, Dan. So unlike NWO, who had been beating the granny out of Slaughter and referee Jim White, or Tim White. Oh, brackets. Brackets. Oh, brackets. Hang on. Go on. You were saying first. Yeah. They would have beaten the snot out of the referee and Commissioner Slaughter and just stayed there anyway. Yeah. Uh, see, as you said, brackets. Intercontinental title tournament. Of course, Steve Austin uh, relinquished the IC title at Ground Zero. This is a tournament. The winner will be crowned at Bad Blood WWF next pay-per-view. What are the brackets, Dan? Dude Love won against Pillman. Pillman won. Goldust went against Owen. Owen Hart won. So Owen Hart and Pillman will be meeting each other in the quarters. Farouk and Shamrock. Farouk went through to the quarters. And this is Ahmed Johnson going against Rocky Marvia for the last quarterfinals place. Yeah, so who will face Farouk? I mean, this upcoming match is between Rocky and the former Nation of Domination member Ahmed Johnson. And it's partly IC title tournament, we just said. And JR runs through the most up-to-date bracket. Fill us on the fact that Lowe lost to Ken Shamrock. Farouk has moved on since Shamrock was injured in a matchup. As far as I can tell, simply from the stress of breathing. So Shamrock really not injured through. Dan Ahmed Johnson coming out here now. Well, yes, this, is, this should be quite an interesting match since Ahmed was recently kicked out of the nation and replaced by Rocky. Ahmed is also continually just coming back from an injury. And the next round will be interesting as well since it will either have Rocky going, going against his boss or we'll have Ahmed going against his once and current arch enemy and former ally, Farouk. And Rock going for a punch straight away, but Ahmed Johnson in him. And now Irish Whip picks him up. Oh, huge power slam. And Ahmed Johnson started off quick, quick here. Oh, and close lines Rocky Maivir over the top. Or the Rock now. And it's mad to see, you know, like everyone's booing Roman Reigns recently. And everyone booed The Rock back then. Yeah, and they did right. They then switched him and, like we say, joined him in the nation and harnessed it. And with Roman Reigns, they were, could he sell us too much merchandise? You know, that will be affected, like they did with John Cena for a long time. With The Rock, they got it right, you know. Like you say, he harnessed it and became the star he is today. Well, is that the problem with wrestling today? I know wrestling has improved vastly. But do you think they're too worried about money-making, you know, merchandise sales? Because back then... You know, there was probably, what, 20% of the fans are wearing T-shirts? Yeah, exactly. And I think this is the thing, is that they kept, it was people buying the shows as opposed to all the other merchandise selling. You were focused on new fans and trying to broaden that horizon rather than relying on the fans that you got to keep giving the money in. And there's one thing I know for being a Rangers fan and a WWE fan is that they want me to keep investing money to it. You know, new T-shirts for new talents yeah. um, and merchandise and stuff. And we've got to remember, you know, it's a business, it's a machine. And maybe that's what's affected WF. You know, you look at the stars they've protected over the years. Well, take us back to SummerSlam weekend, James. How many T-shirts have a choice from yeah, exactly. for current exactly. uh, I am I know I'm WWE's bitch I had about 20 of them so you know that's my fault but in the match Emma Johnson started off really fast and he was rocking ha, the rock in the corner with the big right hands I flipped him into the turnbuckle as well but the rock looked to take control a little bit but Emma Johnson now fighting his way out yes but Emma Johnson starts fighting back close line the close lines Rocky oh but Rocky a limo rumble and you can see Ahmed Johnson's knee is heavily strapped up. 
And The Rock saying, who sucks now? Yeah, and uh, I think I've just seen Captain Lou Urbano at ringside. I don't know why the hell he's doing. It looks like he's taking notes. But The Rock now has gone to the outside to get Amit Johnson. He's got Irish ripping him into the stairs. Oh! And shoulder first into the stairs, the big man goes. Oh, we see Amit Johnson's hand. Oh, look, it's bleeding. The bleeding hand, Dan. King tells him to just give up since he's apparently prone to injury, which... It's definitely true for Amit Johnson over well, time. Well, his hand is busted wide open, James. <laughs> it's busted wide open. Hang on a minute. Rock going for the pin hammer kicking out. Ah. On commentary, King's quite funny during this, I would say. He says to, uh, he says, you ought to do that more often, my man. What's that? Take notes. Listen to, do, listen to me do commentary. Take notes. See, see the King mocking Vince McMahon the only time that he could, really. And now a Rock punching down Amit Johnson. But Amit Johnson's not giving up. Oh, no, and he delivers a thunderous spinebuster to Maivia. So is this telling the story of uh, New Blood Rock, who's taken the place of uh, Ahmed Johnson there, you know, is it is it telling a, a good story? Well, what's really strange about that, as you say, is uh, Ahmed Johnson was Rookie of the Year for 1996, so that was only a year ago, but because he suffered knee injuries and the amount of damage, it just looked 12-year veteran now, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And like you say, the rock, fresh blood coming through. Uh, and to be harnessed by the nation and Farouk and all these people, it, it was only a good thing for him, you know. And like you say, comparing him to Ahmed Johnson, Ahmed Johnson, yeah, might look a little bit more impressive. But, I mean, I, look at the rock now. And B, you know, back then, it was all about the personality and developing the character. Yeah. But again, you know, is Ahmed Johnson looking like a man that wants to get his hands on Farouk for the next round and, you know... Beat down his former mentor. Technically going through Nation of Domination members. You know, Rocky yeah, in this yeah. round, Farouk in the next round. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And get it in that way. I think that would work. And Amit and Johnson going for the Pearl River plunge. Two, three. Oh. And he deposits of the rock to meet Farouk in the next round. And like you said, Amit Johnson is going to get hold of the leader of the nation. And wins this one. Dan, what do you think of the match? Yeah, you know, I thought, again, you know, it was quite a, a good bit of storytelling. You know, it could have been a, if Ahmed was going to, um, if Ahmed was going to win the match, you know, he should have beaten down the rock a bit more, you know. You've taken my place in the nation. I'm going to hurt you. I want to get my hands on your leader, your mentor, not focusing on the title. We shouldn't care about the title at this stage in time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. especially with fruit, you know, like I say, injuring Ahmed Johnson and uh, it would be an interesting uh, matchup when they finally do get face-to-face. So, like I say, it wasn't the best of matches, but it was all right, wasn't it, you know? Well, the announcers preview the rest of the matches on the card, including the second-round matchup between Brian Pillman and Owen Hart in the very same IC tournament. Well, we should explain storyline-wise, right, before we get onto it, why Marlene was... There's a picture of Pillman and Marlene and why he's in the corner. Because... At Ground Zero, Pillman beat Goldust and then Marlena was uh, Pillman's property for 30 days, all right? Uh, and this week, instead of having a kind of rapey picture, they just had a sadly looking down at Pillman's penis. Dan? Uh, also coming up, a <laughs> Fool's Count Anywhere match between Dude Love and Triple H. Remember that Mankind Houndsy match that went on for an entire pay-per-view through the stands into the Odin dock well after the bell had rung? This should be good. Plus, WWF World Heavyweight Champion Bret Hart will go against Goldust. And Shawn Michaels, our new European Champion, 
after beating the British Bulldog at one night only, we'll be around somewhere. Yeah, we watched that uh, last year. And it sounds like a lot uh, done teasing the rest of the show, but it turns out they are. Why? Because Stone Cold Steve Austin's music just came on. And the man knows better now than to die on that guy anything. But, Dan, where is he? Dan, where, where is, is he? he? Where is he? Where's, where's Baldo? Here he is! <laughs> hey! Well, he gets on the mic, says someone's going to get their ass whipped, and that's the bottom line. Because Stone Cold said so. Yeah, he says they can't be raw without Stone Cold. And he's in. He's at MSG. I wonder what's in store for him tonight. Oh, up next, The Undertaker. Ooh. So they're teasing you, saying, look, stay here. We've got Austin kicking someone's ass. We've got The Undertaker. Exactly. We've got a false count anywhere match. We've got Brian Pillman going against uh, Owen Hart. Yeah, we've got all these great things coming up, as we see now. They show a commercial. To be right, it's Howard Finkel versus Sable. Laser tag. So, Dan, can you explain that to me at all? The laser advert <laughs> between Howard Finkel and Sable. What's going on there? Um, well, they show a commercial that has Sable taken on Howard Finkel in a laser tag game. It is as retarded, um, amazing as it sounds. It looked really cool. I mean, I want to play me some laser tag. When we get back, the camera shows Floyd Patterson in the crowd. Of course, these references are 20 years ago. Up next. Uh, next, they show a recap of One Night Only, which we covered already. Yeah, like we say, Shawn Michaels there beating British Bulldog in the main event. And the next stop for Michaels is Henderson with the Unsaker at Bad Blood. Taker comes to the ring for a comment introduced by McMahon. McMahon tells us uh, earlier in the day it was announced that whoever wins the Hell in a Cell match will get a shot at the WWF World Heavyweight Championship at Survivor Series. He continues to explain the setup of the cage. It's the biggest cage ever in the WWF with a top and a bottom, meaning nobody's coming in or out once the door is shut. And the win is determined or submission. And I would say, no one had ever seen the Hell in a Cell match before, so they didn't know what to expect. And uh, I like to say, when it comes to it, I mean, my God, it did deliver. Uh, and the Undertaker got on the mic and he said, Well, Undertaker says, Bret Hart, the day will soon be upon you when the Reaper comes calling. But before you have your judgment day, Shawn Michaels has his date with death, has his date with death hell in a cell. There's only one way out and that's over my dead body. Unfortunately for Shawn Michaels, I can never... Rest in peace. But I sure can enjoy watching Shawn Michaels' rotting corpse burn in internal <laughs> damnation. You said that ever so positive. Two great things. You said ever so positively. Like I'm thinking, saying, you will burn in internal damnation. I really wish Undertaker would have said, definitely. And you did say that. Opposed to destiny, which is great. But not being one to pass off an opportunity to yell at someone, Shawn Michaels comes out, his music are blasting. Michael said, well, well, now, is it my imagination or is the World Wrestling Federation once again trying to give the heartbreak kid the shaft? First, you stick me at SummerSlam in a no-win situation, situation as a special referee and I do my job and everybody comes down on HBK. Then you try to stick me in a match with the Untaker in the hopes that he can bury me alive. Now, you stick me in a cage with death itself and then conveniently decide that after that, the winner of that match will get a shot at the WWF champion. Why don't you just ask him? Why don't you just give him a WWF championship match? 
I mean, just because I'm the only man in the World Wrestling Federation to hold every title in the World Wrestling Federation, you've still got the nerve to ask me to earn it? You know who the hell I am, dead man? i got news for you. Unless you're a real hot mama, which you ain't, I do not lay down for anybody. And the Heartbreak Kid is looking for a garden party, my friend. And HBK is in the house. i got news for you, pal. At Hen the Cell, the Heartbreak Kid is going to do what he always does. And that's be one, one step ahead of you and one step ahead of each and every one of you. He points at the Undertaker at Man and the crowd, respectively. Undertaker at Hen the Cell, I will bring the pain. And Dead Man, all you've got to do is show up. Well, James and the show takes a break. <laughs> and when it comes back, Sonny enters to act as the guest ring announcer. She introduces the Legion of Doom, who get their standard pot from the crowd. I think Sonny had one of the most annoying voices ever. Not as annoying as Vicky Guerrero. I'm not as annoying as Vicky Guerrero, but still, just didn't hit a tone. Square Garden, we are seeing the Road Warriors. Here they come, the American Originals. The Road Warriors, Hawk and Animal, and they want tag team titles. That's what they're gesticulating about. It's only our second match, and we've been on for what? Half hour now? We were saying that the first half of uh, the show on Monday Nitro was all about Larry Z. Is the first half of this show all about the nation of domination? I think it is at the moment. You know, we've seen Rocky Johnson there, and now, like you say, Farouk and Carmen Stuffer coming out here, and we see the scenes from Farouk's match against Ken Shamrock. And in such a way, it looks like Shamrock's actually took some big hits. I think he bled more than I remember, but he's got internal. Oh, yeah, he's definitely bleeding on the inside. So the match is Legion of Doom versus a Nation of Domination. It's Doom versus Nation. This will be interesting. And we start off with uh, the Godfather, Karma Mustafa, and Animal. Oh, Karma now beating down on Animal. Irish whip, leapfrog now, big man, big skills. Uh oh. We see Stevie Richards on Monday Nitro. We see the Godfather. <laughs> on Monday Night Raw. Yeah. Who would have thought they would be in the same allegiance? Exactly. I mean, think how long, like we talked about, the Godfather has been in WWF. I mean, this is 1997 now. This is common stuff. He was in there as Papa Shango, wasn't he? Back he in was, uh, yeah. 92, 93 years. Then he went to Karma Mustafa. Then he went to the Godfather. Then he went to Goodfather. Then he went back to Godfather. And I think in 2015 Royal Rumble, where he come out with a few hoes, got eliminated within seconds and then yeah. walked out with his hoes. Exactly. And we see him recently, didn't we? Table three with Farouk and Mark Henry, where he's, he's got a nightclub in Las Vegas. So he actually plays up to that Godfather character, you know, which is uh, all the success in the world. He was incredibly over during the Attitude Era that we're going to find out as well, you know. But in the match, Farouk, just ferocious there off the second rope, diving into Hulk. But Hulk and them <laughs> to the elbow now. Trying to pin Farouk, but he kicks out. Oh. Uh, Mustafa putting his boot up in the corner. At least we've got faces going against heels, though. Yeah, at least we can tell who's the good guys and who are the bad guys. I mean, the nation are definitely the good guys. Yeah. And oh, wait a minute. Armin <laughs> now tags in Farouk. We see how good the nation really are going against a team like the Legion of Doom here. And I think Farouk has been in charge most of this match. Oh. He gets caught with a net breaker. Oh, well, uh, Karma comes in, breaks up the count, but Animal comes into dispatch of uh, Karma Mustafa. Irish whip in the corner, then Animal, Irish whips Hawk straight into Farouk, follows it up with a big splash of his own. That's this match early. Is it time for the doomsday device? Animal's got Farouk on his shoulders. Precarious position. Oh! Oh, no. The rest of the nation come down. D'Lo and Rocky Maivia. And it's now a four-on-two assault. 
Oh, no, the nation beating Dan Leach and the Demon. And it's worked a bad match until they got ruined. And like you said, Dan, this fo- first bit has all been focusing on the nation, the domination. I know Rocky lost, but still he's back down. Hawk and Animal. Oh, but Ahmed <laughs> Johnson, who recently beat Rocky, takes D'Lo Brown down, <laughs> takes Carmen Mustafa down, takes oh. down Farouk and Rocky. Oh, he's just a one-man wrecking machine. Yeah, but the numbers going to catch up on him, aren't they? He's seeing D'Lo, Farouk and Karma beating down. But now, oh, Animal, I thought Animal's up to his feet for a second. But he's getting, Hawk's getting beaten down, Farouk's beating down Animal, while uh, Karma and D'Lo dispatch of Ahmed Johnson. Well, we've seen a lot of... Uh, beatdowns here already including WCW you know oh, the and the officials are coming down now to try and break this melee up well it's gone crazy here and yeah if anybody can stop it it's going to be loads of referees and no hang on a minute no Gerald Briscoe's come out here to, uh, to ah. he's going to uh, dispatch of the nation oh my a nation sending a message not only to Amma Johnson not only to the LOD Dan but everybody on the roster oh now Slaughter's out here now Slaughter's out here things are going to be calmed down Sergeant S. Laughter's going to spit into the situation. Yeah, we've situation. We've seen what he can do, and he sorted this out. But up next, Dan, we got a battle to end all battles: Pillman versus Owen Hart. Yes, October seventeenth, nineteen eighty-three, at Madison Square Garden. Mick Foley was ringside when he saw Jimmy Snooker come off the top of the cage on Don Morocco. And will we have any moments like that? What year did I just say it was? Eighty-three. Oh, right. no, no, no. Nineteen ninety-seven. Will we have any moments like that? 34 years ago that moment was and now on Raw we are seeing Owen Hart well Owen Hart comes to the ring accompanied by new music and four New York police officers each stand at the corner of the ring keeping watch for Stone Cold Steve Austin but it seems kind of odd to me Dan that Owen Hart gets a full police detail and now I think about it oh wait a minute there's Brian Pillman let's see what he's doing wait why is Brian Pillman's arm in a sling and why isn't Marlena wearing a shirt and why is she wearing a dog collar? It's like someone told Pillman that last week he had Marlena dressed more conservat- conservatively than she used to. So this week he turned the four notch up <laughs> to 11. Well, it's definitely an 11 here. It's day 16. Dear 16 under Pillman's command. And he seems to be really getting his mileage on the stipulation. I wonder if the cops are there to keep gold dust away. As well. Well, my man tells us that on day 30, when the term is up, Goldust and Marlena will renew their vows. Pillman takes the mic. This should be an interesting match. And by the way, since while he hasn't been seen with them as of late, Pillman is, is of course, a member of the Hart Foundation. As fate would have it, our wrestling world would be robbed forever of what would have been a truly classic battle between two of the greatest athletes to ever walk the face of God's green earth. While Dustin was reading Dakota, the three little pigs, I had his old lady Marlena squealing like a pig. Away! Away! And right when I had a bent over for that last glorious position, <laughs> glorious, I slipped and fell in the bathtub and broke my arm. And now I'm going to be forced to forfeit this match. But I know that Owen, my comrade of the Hart Foundation, will take this forfeit into the title match with the poise, dignity, respect. That only nation command. Oh, just as Owens begins to personally accept this forfeit, Commissioner Slaughter yanks the mic from Pillman's hands. Pillman, this is the first I've heard of you having your broken arm. If you've got a broken arm, where are your x-rays? Well, he stutters, though, and an answer that they're in the car in this parking lot or something. Slaughter asks for a doctor's report. More stuttering. 
Slaughter tosses the mic to Pillman, who catches it in his left broken arm. Looks like the jig is up. Slaughter says the match will go on as scheduled, or Pillman will never, ever wrestle in the WWF again. He orders the ref to ring the bell and storms off. Well, there we go. Owen Hart, Brian Pillman, part of the Intercontinental Championship Tournament, second round. And after a few moments of arguing, Pillman tosses the sling and they shake hands and start. So he was trying to get one out. He didn't want to fight Owen Hart. Is it because maybe he was worried he couldn't get the job done? I mean, matchup, shouldn't it, really? Owen Hart, Brian Pillman. So they shake hands before the matchup starts. Gentle test of strength there between the two. What's that broken arm? You've got to be careful with it, haven't we? You know, Brian Pillman's such a great athlete. We've seen him on the first Nitro, you know, uh, performing. And we know how good he was high flying. And, of course, so many tragic things happen to the loose cannon. But he's here against Owen Hart. This should be a great pure wrestling match because Owen Hart, one of the most underrated wrestlers, I think, of his time as well. And a lovely clean break there. We don't see that a lot often. A very clean break. Oh, now Pillman, collar and elbow tie-up, goes to the hammerlock from behind, takes him down. Oh, a gentle snapmare takeover. Hooks the leg. Ooh. Oh, but Owen Hart kicks out a two. Two. And Owen. <laughs> too sweet. <laughs> Owen should make sure the count was fair. Here we go. Another gentle lock-up. Owen now in control. Owen with the hammerlock. Well, if Pillman didn't want to wrestle the match, why didn't he just lay down for Owen? Well, Pillman's not going to do that, is he? You know, he's not uh, that type of guy. He's still... Well, he's type enough to fake a broken arm to get out of the match and forfeit it anyway. Yeah, but, uh, okay, right. But Pillman's loose Kelly. He don't know what he's doing, does he? As we go to an advert for Stridex, wow, print out P- Superstar. Is loose cannon a way of saying off his head on... Lots of different narcotics. Uh, yeah, like lunatic fringe, though, isn't it? In that way, that kind of not sure what they're going to do. Well, anyway, we come back. And what happened during the break? Well, during the break, Owen took a shot to the back of the head from Marlena's purse. Pillman took the purse, but Owen didn't see that part of it and attacked him. In ret- oh. And things have definitely picked up as he throws him into the ring steps. And Marlena looking very pleased with herself. She looks like she's smirking, Dan. No, she's not got a cigarette in her mouth. She's just got a big grin on her well, face. Pullman with a clothesline going for the pin and Owen managed to get his shoulder up at two. Two. Pullman choking Owen Hart there. Referee saying, come on, you can't choke. Pullman said, I'll do what I want. I'm a loose cannon. <laughs> yeah, woo, I'm a loose cannon. <laughs> I'll do what I want. And Owen Hart now. I'm crazy. Yeah, woo. With the right hands, but getting eye-raked by Pullman. Owen dodges the clothesline. Hey, a double crossbody, but this one doesn't end in a pinfall. Well, I get this going out of flight couldn't do it, but Owen Hart and Pillman do it right. Mid-air collision. They do it right. Both <laughs> down. Yeah, Alex didn't do it right. And now look at Marlene. She's kind of just thinking about what she's lost. Dakota, her daughter, and, and Dustin, her husband. As Pillman and Owen Hart get to the feet, he will, he will go through the next round. Oh, wait a minute. Oh. Goldust comes in the ring, followed by two referees, hits Owen. Chases Pillman out of the ring. And Pillman getting the hell out of there. Get hold of Marlena. Marlena happy to see her hubby. Who's actually a hubby in real life. Yeah, and it hits uh, Owen Hart first. And then try to get Pillman, like you said. The officials, referees, had a busy night tonight. Come back out here. They go, not again, lads. Come on now. Trying to stop this. And Owen Hart wins by disqualification. But Goldust is you not... You can see he means business because he's not even got his face paint on. He's not happy. And he's running after Pillman now. He's going to get him backstage. Uh, like I said, I think Goldust did say, come on, motherfucker, twice then. But it's, I think it's great. And like I said, he chased him backstage. Owen Hart's got a microphone. He said, I did it. I did it. He got through. And it's a lovely moment for Owen Hart there. You know what I mean? 
And he dedicates this match to Bret Hart, Dan, which is, oh my God. Oh, wow. <laughs> Austin comes in from behind and beats the granny out of Owen Hart. <laughs> oh, because the four cops weren't paying attention, were they? And they're threatening Austin with nightsticks and Austin's just telling them that he's number one. Oh, here we go. But man's left the announce table now and he's going to go up to Steve Austin. What's going on? And he, Austin's giving him the finger. What's the matter with you? What's the matter with you? Get a hold of yourself. Arresting. Just give me a minute. Just give me a minute. Look at McMahon. He thinks he can fix anything, Ross. Well, these, these police officers are taking Austin to what jail. What is the matter with you? He violated the restraining order. Take him to jail. He assaulted the police, too. You've had to forfeit the Intercontinental title, the tag team title. Of course, everybody can understand why you're upset. They can understand you being upset, not being able to compete. They can understand that. But don't break the law. He already did. Uh, uh, look at this. Stone Cold's not going to win this fight with New York City's finest. Don't you understand? Don't you understand why you're not allowed to compete? You can't get that through your head? Don't you know why? Don't you know that you're not physically able to compete? Your doctors say you're not ready. These people don't want you to wind up in a wheelchair. They want to see you compete. Everybody wants to see you compete. But in due time, Steve. In due time. Listen to McMahon. Get, get the violin. Get a hold of yourself. Telling the truth. Makes all the sense in the world. Hey, you better be talking to those guys over there. I say put him in a slammer. Listen. Don't you know? People care in the World Wrestling Federation. We care. They care. They care about you. That's all it is. And you just got to go with it. In other words, in other words, you simply, you got to work within the system. That's all you got to do is simply work within the system. You know as well as I do that this is what I do for a living. This is all that I do. And can't nobody tell I, I ain't the best in the damn world. Don't even say nothing. Don't say nothing. Sit here and tell me to work within the system. You ain't the one sitting on your ass in the house like I am. But if, it's that, if that's what it takes, to make you or the World Wrestling Federation happy. Hell, I feel like Cool Hand Luke. I'll work within your stupid little system. That's all these people ask. 
I appreciate the fact that you and the World Wrestling Federation care. And I also appreciate the fact that hell, you can kiss my ass. it like a piece of shit the worst stunner ever taken but what a moment austin stunner mcmahon stunner 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 oh my god austin gives it man a stunner yes about time first mcmahon stunner of all time and now look at austin down getting handcuffed and look at the crowd going absolutely mental crowd has gone mental austin said he would do something and he is stunned. The owner of the WWF. My God, what a moment, Dan. The first Stone Cold Stunner of McMahon. The first of many, my ad. Yeah, and I mean, Austin getting escorted in handcuffs by police while his theme song plays. McMahon is knocked out of the ring because of Stone Cold Stunner. He lost any way to leave the ring. If only he had a beer, Dan. If only. Uh, the show takes a break and JR welcomes the viewers back. He and King discuss how fucking insane it is that Austin just gave Vince McMahon, the owner of the company, a stunner right in the middle of the ring. Well, on a night that could not be more special for Vince McMahon and his entire family, that's what JR said. Well, the King guarantees that Austin will be fired after what he's just said and what he's already doing with only the news that he won't be working for a couple of weeks. Firing Austin is likely to start a fucking war. Let's hope McMahon recovers before the end of the episode, or that war may not start until next week. Uh, we see the uh, start of the war zone here on Raw. It is time for the war zone, the second of Monday Night Raw. What you thought the first hour, Dan? It's been intense. It has been, hasn't it? It's been really good with the Austin thing we've just seen there, the nation at the start. I've really, really enjoyed it. Yes, again, you know, we've we've seen significant moments in history on Monday Nitro, even though the matches wasn't that great. We've seen the first ever match for a certain Bill Goldberg. And on Raw, we've seen the first ever stunner to Vince McMahon. Exactly. And what are the chances that both happen on the same night as well? It just shows how great the Monday Night Wars were. We got more fireworks as we kick off the war zone. And I wonder what the second hour will bring here in Madison Square Garden. We see <laughs> replay. Look at this. Worst stunner ever. Uh, my man goes to him, doesn't he? Look. <laughs> no one sells it like The Rock. Mm. And another replay. Uh, fans go fucking mental. Well, funnily enough, again, on Monday Night Tray, we saw Eric Bischoff powerbombed for a table off the stage. And on Raw, they're like, well... We can get the boss of WWF stunned, boss Stone Cold. Bischoff Austin. always argued the fact that the man, Vince McMahon Hill character was based on the fact Bischoff was running NWI at the time. Whether that's true or not, you know, is anybody's debate, but because the WWE won the war, Mr. McMahon can say what he wants now, can't he? You know, about he can indeed. That kind of thing. Moments ago, yeah, getting arrested, taken away. Unbelievable. There we go. So we've seen Hunter Hearst Helmsley coming out here and China. Oh, false count anywhere. China's got the train. Well, she's swinging a chain around like she's just walked out of Streets of Rage. 
Well, Jay, I'll toss it to the King. He's got a special guest. And King's mic cuts out almost the instant he starts talking. I guess the cameraman from last week's show is working around, working sound this week. McMahon's been gone not five minutes and already the crew is drunk. Well, finally King gets a working microphone and introduces the queen of late night, Rhonda Shear. Rhonda Shear apparently hosted some show on USA or something. She makes a lame boner joke. Well, JR calls King impotent. Literally, he calls King's dick dead, which is the best thing JR has ever said. And dude love music's begin. And his opponent from Truth or Consequences New Mexico weighing in at 287 pounds. Dude Love. What a rivalry between Dude Love or Mankind, Dude's alter ego. Balls count anywhere, no disqualifications. Oh, oh have mercy, Hunter, and especially your China, China, I know what you must be thinking. Dude, what are you doing back here when you should be out there kicking some heavy duty booty all over the garden? Well, Hunter, my man, I believe it's time we had a little rap. Ho-ho! Because you see, balls count anywhere. Well, that's not exactly my bag, baby. The pinfalls in the hot dog stand, the pinfalls in the street, the chairs, the tables. It's not exactly a love thing. But I know somebody, Daddy, who's bagging indeed it. <laughs> He's my man. He's my main man. You might even say, well, Daddy, he's a kind man. <laughs> a kooky type of cat. Let's bring him out right now. Oh, mankind, my main mandible umpire, big man. Donald, oh, you're too slow. Mankind, good to have you at the Love Shack. Hi, dude. Thanks what? for having me here. The pleasure is all mine. You really are eye candy for the chicks, dude. That much I know, Daddy, but you got to tell me about this wacky match. Balls count anyway. Dude, as much as I've dreamed about destroying Hunter Hearst Helmsley. I know you have. As many horrible things as I'd like to do to him. I know you can. I know someone who dreams about it even more. Who is it, Manny? Someone who's willing to do even worse things than I am. Oh, no. Are you thinking what I think you're thinking? I think I am thinking what you think I think you're thinking. Can you bring him out, Manny? Here he comes. Where is he? Cactus Jack. Somebody stake me. I thought he was dead. He's alive. Hopefully. It may be the darkest day of your life because it's Madison Square Garden and Mrs. Foley's little boy. Bye bye. Bye bye. No fucking way. I mean, what, Raw, uh, Rumble 2000? Yeah, uh, an unforgettable street fight between these two men. It all started 1997. So is that all three faces of Foley? Every, this podcast we have seen this year, the three faces of Foley, saw Mankind with Dude Love, and now it's the craziest of them all. Cactus fucking Jack 
is coming out here. Triple H is going to go meet him on the apron. Going to meet him on the stage. <laughs> and he gets met with a trash can and Cactus Jack enters it all over Triple H. Oh, my God. And Cactus Jack doesn't care about anything and throws the trash can in, throws Triple H against the stairs. Oh, and he pulls up them wafer-thin mats to expose the concrete underneath. And we get the ECW chant as well because the Cactus and his success there right to the back of Hunter. And I think Helsley <laughs> didn't want any part of this now. As like you said, the exposed concrete's there. Cactus. Oh, oh swinging net breaker onto the exposed concrete. Goes for the cover. Two. Oh. Triple H with a kick out. Oh. My God, well, false count anywhere. Could have got him there, but he doesn't want to fit it. He wants to hurt him, doesn't he? Like we say, the Mankind Helmsley feud be going on now. The vast majority, 97. So we've seen Goldberg's debut, and now we're seeing Cactus Jack's debut. But what a moment in time as well for a wrestling fan back in the day to have, um, for a wrestling fan back in the day to have all this stuff, you know, see Goldberg's debut, even though we weren't sure what Goldberg would become. Austin McMahon and now Cactus Jack. Cactus clothesline and Hunter over the top. And even though Nitro was in the war, you know, on, I would say, a, a great show. I know we're going to get onto a bit, but at the moment, Helmsley running away from Cactus. Oh, but Cactus Jack gets caught by China. Well, nothing could be finer than China. And she stopped Mick Foley in the past. Oh, oh fuck. Clotheslines him over the barricade. She does look really fucking manly. She so. does, that's before her surgery and, of course, her death. But Hunter's going out to meet Cactus now in the crowd. Of course, this is Fool's Cat anywhere. Anything can happen. And, oh, rocking Cactus back. And where are they going now? Where are they going? They're disappearing. Oh, was Helsley trying to go for a cover there? Can't, can't get it. Oh, no. Oh. Triple H with a slam on Cactus Jack, but Cactus managing to kick out. Oh. And now Helmsley coming back through. The... I think he's got advantage over Cactus Jack now, but Helmsley didn't get it. Well, Helmsley's convinced he got the free count. We'll go back goes, back ca- for it. Ooh, <laughs> goes back for a bit more, but gets a toot in the face from Cactus Jack and a fire extinguisher. <laughs> And now Triple H in all sorts of trouble. Oh! Ooh, Cactus Jack tossed him into the crowd barrier. Maybe the first time this year we've seen someone hit it from the other side. Yeah, oh, and now. And complete mayhem here. The front row is exposed. The, the whole side's exposed. <laughs> and this is mental. Cactus come out here and destroying everything. I think security realised you have to get it up as soon as possible. And now he. Close lines, Triple H. Oh my God, he flips over the top, lands hard to the outside. Oh, there we go. Let's replay China. <laughs> As Cactus throws the trash can right in Helmsley's face, he's going up to the second rope now. Looks to do some damage on Hunter. Oh, oh. Triple H moves out of the way, and Cactus Jack flattens <laughs> the trash can on the outside. Uh, well, maybe for Helmsley, the best offense is defense. As China now's got Cactus, throws him right into the stairs, and she can do what she wants. Mike Kyoda might not be happy with it, but it's all legal here. Fools count anywhere. This is basic street fight in itself. It is indeed, yes. And they're going to lab uh, as Helmsley hits Cactus over the head with the trash can. So at the best, one of the best matches. Why the, why go for a break halfway through a match? No, this is a problem, isn't it? And Helmsley now's got the mop. And is he mopping up the competition here with Cactus? Is that Mr. Moppy? Well, Cactus started off the match well, but now, with the help of China, seized control. I want to see what happened during the break. <laughs> yeah. Cactus now caught. 
on that second rope. Or Helms he's got planned. Oh, and he's on the apron as well. Hangs catches up on that top rope, falls to the outside. And of course, with China uh, paroling, patrolling the outside. Frozen back in the ring. I'm sure China's got a dong. Well, the strength of China picking him up on the apron, and now Hunter's got the chair. Oh, no, drops it, drags Cactus Jack back into the ring. Oh, God. Oh, here we go. Oh, Ooh, straight into Cactus Jack's ribs. Do you think, dude, love a mankind of watching this? Mankind's uh, probably enjoying it. Yeah, we saw him backstage, didn't we? And, you know, Mark said, Mankind's like, dude, love probably can't watch it because he wants to see the love between these two men who are on the apron. Oh, baby, have mercy. And Helmsley throws Cactus into the ring post. And, oh, well, that's a good way to respond. That is indeed, yes. Uh, a cactus kick to the cock there, and cactus. Oh, sunset flip. Two. Oh, oh, rolls him up, only gets a two count. Two. Oh, cactus jack coming, charging in at Triple H, but Hunter sidesteps, throws cactus head first into the barricade. Oh. Gets a high back body drop onto the. Well, I think that's just concrete there. Well, my God, cactus showing the strength of China with an unprotected chair shot to the head of cactus, but. I think Cactus liked it. China goes for a second. Cactus catches the chair. Oh. Oh. And Hunter pushes Cactus into China, who then hits the stairs. My God, the impact there. But squash China's face. Referee's out here. Again, checking on her. We've got to remember that concrete still exposed on the outside. China's in serious trouble. Cactus triumphs for H. Oh. Cactus claps him with the right hand. Pin. No. Oh, Triple H reverses it, rolls up Cactus Jack. Both men get two count. Two. And we see the uh, the replay of China and the rubbish thrown from that trash cannon. Oh! oh. Suplex there from Triple H onto uh, Cactus Jack on the steel ramp. Well, Cactus is in serious trouble. His head hits, helps he gets the pin, though. Cactus managing to kick out. Uh-huh. And now Triple H... Walking up the stage, looking for anything to help. JR offering mouth-to-mouth to China. And what's Helmsley got? Oh! Trash can to the head and, oh my God, right to the back. Cactus can protect the back of the head. Helmsley going for the pin. Two. Oh. Cactus, though, still managing to stay in. It gets his shoulder up at two. Two. Helmsley staggering around, looking for help. And now it's picked up. A snow shovel. <laughs> Hits him over the back with that. What's next? Well, they're going through the curtain to find, see if they've got any uh, weapons the other side. The cactus trying to get to his feet. He's probably getting beaten up by mankind and uh, dude love back there. <laughs> yeah. They're stopping him for going out as cactus goes to meet Helmsley. Triple H rounds the back of his head first into the metal rampway. Oh, and Hunter. He's got the table. Well, that is a very old-fashioned... Well, I don't say old-fashioned table, but... It don't look like the tables nowadays. That is heavy it's duty. quite a sturdy table, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Cactus and Triple H on top of the table. What's Hunter going to do? Pedigree him. Oh, no. Cactus Jack. Oh, that looks like it's going to snap. Low blow. Oh! <laughs> Pile driver. And he covers him and gets the win. China can't stop it. My God, pile driver on the table, onto the arena floor. My God. Dan, what do you think of that match? Jesus Christ. That was a bloody great match. It was. It had everything that a street fight should have in it. 
No, like you say, they only surpassed it at the Rumble 2000, which we have watched. But my God, what an introduction to Cactus Jack. They're a hardcore, uh, you know, alter ego of Mick Foley. <laughs> Uh, he's smiling and he doesn't care. He'd go through anything here and he gets a better Helmsley. The first time McFoley would get the better Helmsley. Uh, I, I think it is a great match. And like I say, we've seen a lot here tonight, but I think it's obviously the best match of the night so far. And uh, um, unbelievable scenes here. Just just complete chaos, wasn't it, Dan? You know? Well, Cactus Jack's trying to get up. Oh, no, falls down. Gives a... This is gunshot and then uh, kind of runs in a circle on his side. Yeah. There you go. And China are down and Cactus wins. Uh, the, announcers, the announcers move on to talk about something that JR would know a lot about. And that's Supper. <laughs> the Survivor Series Super Supper Sweepstakes. Which do I have to talk about another contest? Okay, the video they showed to promote is actually pretty great, all right? I take it back. I'm on board for this. Check back later for a post on this thing. I'm going to post this here. I'm going to have supper with my favourite superstar. It makes perfect sense. Next, JR introduces a video from 1985's Body Slam matchup uh, uh, at the first WrestleMania with Andre the Giant going against Big John Studd. After a commercial, King says he's in the mood to watch his boss get stunner a few more times and he giggles through it. He holds up a McMahon... He holds up McMahon's busted headset too, calling it Vince McMahon's old headset, like these guys have already been dead for 10 years. <laughs> King moves on quickly. I guess they go over Michael's European Championship victory one more time in detail, and guess who shows up? Uh, yep, Sean Michael's European Championship belt and a steel chair. Oh, and a microphone. His fireworks don't go off, but for once he doesn't react to it and just jumps right in to tell the Undertaker to bring his dead ass to the ring post haste the show takes a break and when it comes back he's still calling the guy out it's been two minutes and the undertaker's music finally starts to play normally the undertaker makes a slow walk towards the ring but tonight he's pretty quick not quick enough to escape hunter hurst helmsley oh catches triple h but not sure michaels and look at these chair shots to the undertaker actually booting him up on a ramp fair play to helmsley to the war he just had as well well, he's just been piledrived through a frigging table, for God's sake. Oh, my God. Now Rick Rude and China coming out here. The whole of DX beating down the Untaker. This is just a beatdown. Rick Rude in the chair. They haven't got a name yet, so it's just Shawn Michaels and company. See, even this took time to develop. Do you know what I mean? To have a name and everything like this. This is the start of DX here. As the oh, Undertaker. Undertaker's up to his feet, picks up a chair. Wow. And, uh... Sean Michaels and company leg it up the rampway and gone. Well, my God, he's indestructible, Undertaker is. Well, we get another commercial break and WF champion Bret Hart comes out for a non-title match against Goldust. He grabs the mic and says he doesn't really give a crap about who wins the cage match. He sounds more like British Bulldog. <laughs> he grabs the mic and says he doesn't really give a crap about the match between Undertaker and Shawn Michaels because he's going to fight Michaels at some point anyway. After what he did to British Bulldog and Undertaker, no real reason, I guess. Well, Goldust walks out again without his usual showy overcoat and self-rubbing. Without Marlena around to turn it into a real freak show, he is all business. And we mentioned that uh, Booker T's gimmick hasn't changed 
in 20 years. Another man whose gimmick hasn't really changed that much in 20 years as well. Yeah, but Goldust has only painted only half of his face to show that he's missing his better half, you see, Aww. Dan? And also, the half he did paint has a hammer and sickle to show u- unity with a polariat. Oh, a very interesting point, Dan, whatever that means. So we're going to see this now. Goldust, Bret Hart, our main event. It's not been the greatest main events we've seen on Nitro. We had Henning Jarrett, now Goldust and Bret. Don't get me wrong, it's all right, but... You know, when you say main events, I don't, you know, I, we'll talk about it afterwards, I suppose, but what do you think had the better main event? Um, I know we haven't seen the match yet, but uh, on the paper. I'd probably say this one with Bret Hart. Well, we'll see what happens at the end, you know, and then we'll get the, the final ratings for it as they lock up and then, like I say, Goldust has got this kind of new rage in him, backs Bret Hart in the corner, working the punches. Irish whip to Bret Hart now. Well, if Bret Hart can carry a 30, 40 minute match with a crackhead. I'm sure he can have a good match with uh, the crazy one. Yeah, it's now for elbow to the head. That's what it is. And now Irish ripping him. Got caught there with a big kick. Goal. Big lariat takedown. Goes for the cover. Two. Oh, but Bret Hart managing to kick out. Oh. And now Bret and Goldust looking at each other. They're going to have a proper tie-up maybe like we saw at the beginning of the Owen Hart-Pillman match. This one's a lot more intense than the Owen Hart-Pillman one. As we've seen, Goldust, he's had his wife taken away from him. He's got his daughter, but Pillman's kind of got involved. And there's still, you know, 14 days left. Two weeks for Goldust to work through. As he's getting his legwork to excellence of execution. And of course, Bret Hart's got a big November coming up, hasn't he? As we're going to look forward to that. I mean, we've got Halloween Havoc, WWE-wise. But we have got Survivor Series 97 on the horizon. I wonder how that will play out. We'll find out, you know. I think it'll be right for Bret, won't it? Oh, yeah, I'm sure he'll go over quite well. Yeah, WWF champion, of course, not the main event of the next pay-per-view. That at the moment in time, not even got a match, but he's fighting Goldust in the main event here. Whenever Undertaker Sean gets Bret Hart at Survivor Series, and Goldust with one leg raking at the eyes, Bret, but Bret takes him down, and now he's going to go back to work in the leg. Well, he's softening him up. Submission finish of the sharpshooter. And El Hebner, senior, senior shirt stealer, El Hebner there. Telling Brett to stop it. Brett, stop it. But Brett is not. He's working that leg. And like he said, towards the sharpshooters. Goldust knows this. The veteran himself. Oh, still working on that left leg of Goldust. I'm number one. Yeah, he's telling the fan he's number one. Goldust getting his leg worked on. Still. <laughs> still. You know how good Brett Hart is. We should say the whole time, by the way, the king is talking about Pillman and Marlena. And talk about what kind of piercings he thinks Marlena might get next and how much sex they totally must be having. And King said uh, he's, he had a good line. He's, uh, he said, I heard Marlena was 20 years old before she realised cars had a front seat. <laughs> well, JR is appalled. Oh, um, he's looking to crutch gold dust. No. Oh. A figure four around the ring post. Well, Brett wearing down that leg beautifully there. Figure four is going to cause all sorts of pain. Brett's got gold dust. Referee's counting. He's going to be disqualified in a minute. Oh. Breaks at four and 99 one hundredths. And oh my God, who's, who's that walking that? out? Who's Shawn that? Shawn Michaels. Well, Shawn Michaels with the European Championship. Look at him smirking. No, he's not smoking a cigarette. He's just got a grin on his face. But look how hunky Shawn Michaels is there as we go to an ad break. <laughs> Saying I would, but you know what I mean. 
You wouldn't kick him out of bed. I wouldn't kick him out of bed. And Bret Hart now has got Goldust. Oh, headbutt to the gut. Oh, now still working on that left leg. Just grinding him down, isn't he? Trying to get the spirit. You talk about the toughness that Goldust had, the fighting spirit he had. And now it's just getting worn out by Hart. Tactics of Bret Hart coming here. Coming into fruition. As Shawn Michaels looks on. Oh! <laughs> Fans throwing cups at him and he's dodging them. Brett working a leg. This is definitely an old style match. And I mean, if we comparing matches, Nitro was bum, bum, bum. These matches have gone on uh, for a bit longer. It's weird because for my counting, this is the only the fifth match that we've had here. And on Nitro, we had nine matches. So even though it's basically the same amount of time, I know Nitro went 10 minutes longer. But that's incredible when you think about it, isn't it? You know? Yeah, but again, these matches are telling more of a story. You know, it's... Bret Hart, the champion, he's working down a body part. He's doing what he should be doing. You know, he had uh, the Triple H cactus match was only shorter. It'd be, it would be yeah. worthless. The Owen Hart Pillman match. I mean, you know, that was kind of a, more of a comical thing. And then you started off with the two nation matches. I mean, I think that was all worthwhile. They all told a good story. Yeah, and and also the the, the bits in between, like the Osmond Man. Uh, oh, they was a lot better than WCW. Yeah, but that was a lot longer as well, wasn't it? Where Bischoff Hogan were there for like three minutes, five minutes. Like that went like fifteen minutes, and also the cactus story before the match as well, which is great to see. You know, and uh, I think well, well, I think Raw's only just slowed down. To be fair to it, do you know what I mean? To give credit, I yeah. think this main event's kind of slowed it down. As Goldust finally going to try and get back into this match. And he's just suplexed Bret Hart. And now both men down. And Sean's trying to get the atten- take the attention away from Bret Hart. Something that he's been accused of his entire career. He's taking the attention away of Bret Hart. And maybe distract him as Goldust looks to come back into this match. So Bret Hart going to kick, a- kick the leg of Goldust. Trying to get this match back in his favour. Goldust though trying his best to fight out. Oh, beautiful right hands and uppercuts by Goldust. Like I say, you've got to try and forget the injury and just work it. If you can see, like, half the fans are watching the match, the other half are watching Michaels. No, no, yeah. It wasn't called the show stiller for nothing. And Brett now puts Goldust's leg on the bottom rope. Dropping the elbow onto the head of Goldust. Just slowly, methodically working him down. Not getting distracted by HBK. And now Brett going to go for it again. Oh, Goldust, though. Kicks him from behind. Brett goes flying over the top. And Goldust catching him right hand. Bouncing his head off... I mean, the outside of the ring certainly uh, earned its money tonight <laughs> on Raw. It has been like a war zone, especially in this second hour. Goldust sends Bret Hart back in and looking to throw him into the turnbuckle. Big right hand. Goldust trying to get momentum on his side. Oh, Ooh, delivers a running bulldog. Could this be it? One, two. Oh. Kick oh. out. Ah. And Goldust now ice ripping Bret. Oh. Lifts the feet up, stops Goldust's onslaught. Brett off the second rope now. Oh! Goldust put his leg up, but Brett caught him. Goes for the f- sharpshooter. Here we go, sharpshooter, sharpshooter. Calls uh, the bell, st- bell straight away. And that's it. Brett wins. Oh, wait a minute, Shawn Michaels come out here now. And attacking Brett from behind. But Brett Hart up to his feet. Fighting back at Shawn Michaels. Oh my God, back and forth between these two men. Brett sending Shawn Michaels all the way back to turnbuckle. And here comes Hunter Hearst Helmsley helping out his man, Brett. And he's followed by China. Uh, both have beaten him down. Here comes Owen Hart. Going to help out his brother. Calls the Hart Foundation. Oh my God, Bulldog coming out here. 
He's just put the crack pipe down and limping his way out to the ring. Well, of course, the leg was injured by Bald, uh, by Michaels at one night stand. Coming out here, barely able to walk. Rude comes in now, tries to work behind. Rude's fighting Bret Hart. Here comes Jimmy Anvil. Like, it's the Hart Foundation versus DX. Wait a minute. Out comes Undertaker. And he's just hitting everything in sight. Well, he sent Bulldog out. He sends Anvil out. Right hand to Helmsley. Michaels and Brett are fighting in the middle of the ring. Can't see Undertaker. Oh, Taker grabs them both by the throat. Oh, no. Oh! Double <laughs> choke slam. <laughs> oh, my God. The dead man sends a message as we go off the air. My God. What do you think of the end of Raw, Dan? <laughs> well, Hogan's just shown everyone okay. why you... Uh, Hogan, Undertaker's just shown everyone why he wants, well, that he wants to be champion, I think. Honestly, unbelievable, and we know that whoever wins their head in the cell to him, Michaels will get there, but we saw Bret Hart having a go at the Undertaker with Michaels early, we saw what Michaels did to the Undertaker, double chokes down to end the show, uh, and what an episode of Monday Night Raw, Dan, what did you think of that episode? I thought it was great, told a brilliant story, a lot of moments in history, and yeah, you know, very entertaining. Unbelievable, you know, really, really enjoyed of Raw here at MSG. Uh, so we'll do exactly the same what we did with Nitro, Dan. We'll have a look. And what do you think had the uh, Raw? What did you think of this look out of five? I don't know. It looked a bit cheaper to me, even though it was Madison Square Garden, the historic Madison Square Garden. I still think that only looked a two. Two. Two out of five. Okay, fair enough. I'm going to give it a three out of five. Just because, like I said, it did look a little bit... It wasn't sold out Madison Square Garden. I did see a few seats. Plus the arena, like I said, it's not got the same kind of aesthetically pleasing look Nitro had, did mm. it? You know? uh, what did you think of the promos and what happened uh, between the segments? Uh, I thought that was great. I'll give that a four and a half. Yeah, do you know what? I'm going to agree with you there as well because, like you said, first ever stunner to Vincent Mann by Stone Cold Steve Austin. You had the Cactus Jack getting introduced into the crowd. Even the kind of Michaels... Undertaker, Bret Hart thing that you had still made sense storyline and even Slaughter getting involved you knew he was the commissioner even though it was McMahon in charge like he controlled a nation unlike authority figures maybe uh, on Nitro so yeah four and a half that uh, roster what do you think of the roster oh it's it's got to be a five five yeah yeah you know aside from a few names you had Rock Austin Michaels Triple H Mankind well, Cactus Jack and Dude Love. You know, you had China and what she had become. The LOD, you know, legends of pastime. You even had, you know, the Godfather. D'Lo Brown even, you know, with him. And the Godfather as well, he's still around today. Yeah, no. Uh, Goldust, sorry, he's still around today. Like you said, The Rock wasn't fully formed, was he? It was the beginnings of uh, like Austin as well. Uh, I think The Untake was probably the one of the best parts of it, you know, I mean, at, I'm just talking at, at the time, you know, we know Michaels. I'm gonna say maybe, like, with a nation, would I switch? Would I switch them for like Booker and and Goldberg or or Mysterio? You know, I've got to go. Uh, I'll say with Raw a uh, four out of five because, like I say, in a years, a couple of years time, it will be the best. But I'm just gonna mark it really? down a little bit for that. Uh, matches. What do you think of Raw's matches? Uh, I thought that was a lot better. What did I give uh, for? Uh, matches, you go three out of five for Nitro. I'll have to give four for Raw because four. they was there was less of them, but it was quality, not quantity. You know, they they told a better story, even though majority of them did have a bit of a screwy finish. But 
you know, it still told a yeah. good story between a lot of them. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm going to give Raw five out of five for matches just because the Cactus Helms match, best match you've seen no, yeah, of the night. So I think for me, yeah, that, that beat it down. I'd rather see five to, five to ten minute matches than see nine two to five minute matches, if you yeah, know what I mean. Yeah. So I think for me, yeah, nice run. Uh, and rating for the show overall, what would you give it? I'd give it a four and a half. Four and a half. Four, four and a half. Uh, yeah, I'll tell you what. I'm, I'm going to give it a five out of five, the Raw, because the reasons for it is, like you say, in 1997, Raw didn't win the ratings once. And I think if, if, someone, uh, if people had given it the chance earlier on... Yes, it would be thanks to Austin McMahon that they would break it. But like this show here, it kept me entertained for, for much longer than, than Nitro did. And it was only until the main event that I thought to myself, oh, OK, now it's time to, you know, think about the end here. And, and I mean, if it, you know, but with Austin doing that to McMahon, the Cactus Jack thing and, and all the other kind of shenanigans going on as well, I've got to give it five out of five. So that does mean we've got to work out some maths now. OK. So the look for Nitro, Dan, you gave it three out of five. You gave two out of five for Raw. So for look, this is you. I'm going to work you out first, all right? So look, Nitro one. Promo, four out of five for Nitro. Four and a half out of five for Raw. So, oh fuck, why do you have to be so difficult? Promo. So yeah, Raw won four out of your five categories there. Raw one. Match, rating, roster, promo, look was where Nitro won. So, uh, and also roster that tied with Raw. So Nitro got, yeah, two points there. Raw got four. Four, look, four and a half. Right, so Nitro won look. This is fun, isn't it, Matt? How is it hard to work out maths? Four and a half is a higher <laughs> number than three and a half. Yeah, but I still have got five, I got five numbers to do. So Raw won three out of my five ratings. Nitro got the other two. Three out of five. What did you have again? I can't remember what you said. What was your score? Four um, out of two. Uh, four and two. Four and two. So together, what's that? What did you say? Three and two. Three you can't be two. four and two. Oh, you was four and two. You're four and two. I'm three and two. So that would be what? Four, seven, five, six, seven, seven, four. four. So seven, four to Raw. So Raw does win the Monday Night Wars here tonight then. There you go. I told you that without even looking at it. <laughs> you made it seem as if you was working out fucking pi oh, to the end. times it by six. There we go. Well, anyway, next week we've got the WNR123 kid. So we've got the network roundup on that podcast. Anything else about Monday Night Raw versus Monday Nitro, Dan? So anyway, before we leave WW once and for all. Ah, oh, fuck it. I've got to find it on here, haven't I? We've got one more thing, because I think at this moment of time, the episode of Raw for Madison Square Garden kicked Nitro's ass. So there is one moment from Nitro we're going to watch before we go. All right, so Kurt Henning was featuring heavily in main events in Nitro, especially in September. We've seen Henning last week going against Jeff Jarrett, and now he'll be going against Well Giant uh, in the main event of WCW Nitro and this just proves how popular Nitro was it never lost in 1997 and you could have what you would call maybe a mid-card in Kurt Henning in the main event and you still win the ratings award you know what I mean and um, every week you know Raw was trying to give you Undertaker versus you know Bret Hart Shawn Michaels and people involved like this and Nitro was like no we don't have to do that we can build up towards pay-per-views 
Uh, this is an interesting matchup, though. I mean, some people might not know they were face the perfect and the big show, and this is what we're getting here in WCW. What do you think, the giant? What do you think he looks like? I think he, he looks exactly like he is. You know, he looks like a giant. He looks a lot taller. Yeah. As well. I think it's because he's leanage, you know what I mean? I don't know if it's just... Uh, well, well, this, it, is, this is when he was a bit more athletic, a bit more agile, you know, a lot younger, 20 years younger. And he looks in great shape. But fair play to uh, Kurt Henning, who's been involved in angles recently as the giant. <laughs> a very, sitting on Kurt Henning's face. Yeah, very early stink face there. Henning's selling it perfectly, going out of the ring. But like I say, Kurt Henning been involved four horsemen. You know, that angle there, see if he'd be involved. He betrayed them, joined with the NWO. So he was treated as a kind of star in WCW and the giant now staring on. Suplexing Hennig there from the outside of the ring back to the inside. Easy, isn't it, for the giant just showing the power. What do you think of the giant? Do you think he looks better with long hair? I mean, he came out uh, for the gimmick battle royal. Well, not for the gimmick, but for the Intercontinental Battle Royal. He was clean shaven. I know, yeah. I, I think I prefer a show like this. You know, like you say, it does look like a, a certified giant in that way. You know, just a kind of size. And uh, even though Big Show's, don't get me wrong, obviously he's big, but it's like Strowman now, doesn't it? In the leaner you yeah. look, the, 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 for some reason, the kind of the taller. Well, Big Show now looks like, oh, looks <laughs> like Strowman does. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, well, the big show then, sorry. It looks like Strowman does now. Especially more athletic as the Giant tries to go clothesline uh, heading. He moves out of the way and the Giant kind of... I don't think, you know, he's so tall he couldn't really land that properly. <laughs> he, no, like, he landed with his head under the bottom rope somehow and nearly choked himself out. Uh, heading with Kurt with punches to Giant. Giant just pushing him off. And now with the knees and... No, he can't hit this, can he? Going for the perfect breath. Oh, my Hits it. Goes God. Goes for the cover two. Oh. And Big Show managing to kick out. Ah, uh, but the strength there of the fucking... It was Mr. Perfect, I was going to call it. The strength there, Henning, managing to pick the giant up. And the giant now... <laughs> With a bit of assistance from the middle rope, nips up, grasps Kurt Henning around the throat and just... Oh. slams him. Pins it. Go on, he's going for the pin. No, no wait not. a minute. Oh, oh my God. comes out. Six, Conan. Virgil. Bagwell. Buff. Yeah, Bagwell there as well. Vincent getting hit in the fucking face. Six down. It's a four on one assault at the moment. And the Big Show's coming out on top. Just swatting everyone away with his big skillet-like hands. Well, there's Scott Norton. And Savage. Oh, wait a minute. Giants got six and all. It's the numbers again. Oh, yeah, the numbers have taken their toll on him now. <laughs> he's still trying to pick six oh, out. Oh, yeah, he's still not gone down. <laughs> um, what's Scott Norton? Oh! Well, Kurt Ennings, US title, hitting the giant over the head. And now this is an assault. Now Savage going up. Oh! Sting's making his entrance. <laughs> Look at all the rubbish thrown in the ring as well. And the NWO get out of the way. Sting with a baseball bat. Here comes Macho. Here comes Bagwell, and Sting's just cleaning house, taking everyone out, hitting anything that's moving, or everything that's moving, and he's laying waste to the NWO single-handedly without weapons. And listen to the crowd as well, got absolutely mental. But the man he picked up a 500-pound man, tossed him like a 
bang, it's up. And then Tomato's 100-pound man is up. It was an incredible move. Stop it, this. No. Stop this. It's slam. Stop this. It's slam time. Oh, no. It's not. The troops are here. It's NWO time. Of course it is. Here they come. Down goes Vince again. And now right hand. Six. He's fighting off all of them. He's fighting off every one of them. Look at this. Bagwell. Conan. Scott Norton is coming out. Six. The Macho Man is out. Are you going you gonna to jump in now? No, I'm going to call this match. Yeah. And I'll tell you one thing right now. The Giant, the Giant is signing, sealing his own death warrant. This guy is going to be in serious trouble before the end of the year. I can assure you. Oh, nice move by Scott Flash Norton. Nice move. There's the bell. Your winner. Your winner. Your winner, what? Kurt Hennig. Kurt, call it, Giovanni. Call uh, it. What, what is there to call? It's carnage in the ring. It took a belt to hit the man. If it hadn't been for that belt, he could have taken on each and every member. Hey. Hey. Oh, it's okay. Sting. All right. It's Sting. Okay. And it's, it's Sting. And there's a wet spot for Eric Bischoff is sitting because Sting is out here. He's got a weapon. Yes, he does. And I hope he uses if it. If Piper doesn't put a stop to this, if J.J. Dillon doesn't set up, put a stop to this, I will put a stop to this because this is out of control. Yep. He has no right to show up anywhere yes. anytime he wants. He, he has no right. He dropped the bat. Wait till I tell Hollywood. You wait till I tell Hogan. Hogan is going to tear him apart. He dropped the bat, and he's fighting them. Each and every man. Piper, you're first. Sting, you're next. Yeah, the next man is the next man. Sting is going to hit. No way, no way. Yeah, down goes Sammy. This is Piper's fault. This is Piper's fault. Piper was behind this. Piper was behind this. Sting, and he's going to pay. Shut up. Again, down goes Shut Piper. up. Shut up. As WCW wraps up, we're just picking everyone up. Well, as overcrowded a mess as the NWO angle's got at times, it still delivered one of the most thrilling moments in WCW history. That team running over foes made it all more satisfying to see so- someone thwart them. That role often went to sting. It's after the Giant, or Big Show, fell victim to an NWO ambush. The trench coat wearing ass kicker soon showed up. Sting cutting down these heels like he was some action hero was one of Nitro's most compelling elements. You will not often hear a crowd go so ch- grow so charged up as when Sting dropped his baseball bat and started punching anything that was within striking range. Yeah, and that is true. I mean, that is a great way to end Nitro. It just summed up the Sting character as well, didn't it? You know? yeah. There was no backing down for the NWO. He wanted one man, and that was the leader of the NWO, Hulk Hogan, and he would take everybody out to get to him. And that's what made Nitro so excited in 1997. Uh, it's just fantastic to go back and watch. 20 years ago, like we said, uh, this happened September 22nd. 
when, like we said, Goldberg debut, all the stuff, the great stuff on Nitro that like we saw, and on Monday Night Raw as well. It's been fantastic. But if you want to contact us, tell us your favourite moments from 997 or any moment in wrestling history. We're on Twitter, at WWE Network Review, or... At Vince McDan, WWE. I'm at J underscore Rhodes. We've also got a friend on Twitter. Yes, we have. We've got Mini Chris Benoit, and he's just trying to make the world a better place. You can find him at Mini Chris Benoit. We're also on Facebook. Facebook, you can come and find our page and give us a like with a WWE Network review. Or you can come and find me and add me as a friend. I am Vince McDan. Across all the Google platforms, WWE Network review on Google+. Plus. Send us an email at WNRpodcast at gmail.com. And on YouTube, subscribe to the WWE Network review podcast page. We've got latest clips going on there. And podcasts go at the same time as do other places like SoundCloud. On your phone. We're on Speaker Radio where we do our live shows. And of course, iTunes where you can download, subscribe, rate and review there. But what an episode it's been, Dan. Uh, and we're looking forward to we've got Halloween Havoc in October they're called Survivor Series 1997 but that is everything thanks for listening everybody we'll catch you next week bye bye